Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Facebook or Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show is our handle. You can check us out on Facebook. Just search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll find us there. We always share some cool stuff there. And then you can email us anytime at show at gmail.com. This is episode 43.5. And usually on the point five, I am joined by the legal, legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl, Ellen Wingenter. However, this week, Ellen is traveling. I'll actually see Ellen tomorrow night here in, here in Kansas. But with her traveling, we decided to get a, a pinch hitter today. My main man, Uncle Rico, is in the house. Uncle Rico, how are you today? I am doing great. How are you doing, man? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're going to have a little fun today. So you and me, we're going to hang out. I'm going to bring my mate, you know, I'm going to bring in your godson. P-Money is making his Coach Bono's podcast debut later. So we'll bring that in. Now, I've already recorded that. And I will tell you, he's actually pretty good. I think he was I'm looking awesome. forward to hearing it, man. Yeah, he was actually pretty good. So we'll we'll jump that in and, and have a little fun with that. So, uh, so yeah, Co- um, P Money will be in in a little bit. He, we, we're going to talk. P Money and I are going to talk NBA draft, a little bit about the Warriors beating the Celtics, and him previewing the AEW Forbidden Door pay per view. Uh, as you probably already know, if you listen to this, this uh, podcast. Peyton and I are actually going to the Forbidden Door pay-per-view in Chicago Sunday night, and um, he's looking forward to it. I'm a little happier as we record this on Thursday than I was last weekend when I recorded Monday's podcast about it. So <laughs> we'll have fun. It'll be a good time. It'll be it'll be a better show than I thought. So, but uh, we'll hear all about that from P Money later in the show, Uncle Rico. Been a little while since we've had you in, so thank you first off for coming. Mm-hmm. I got just a few things I want to chat, and we're going to just kind of free fall. You know how you and I do it. We just got to get oh, some yeah. subjects in going. <laughs> One thing you and I have not talked about on the pod, and we really haven't even talked about off the pod, is Deshaun Watson. So mm. I'm going to kind of recap what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Deshaun Watson went from having 22 to 24 different lawsuits by women, uh, by massage therapists claiming he acted inappropriately with them. Earlier this week, Deshaun Watson settled 20 of the 24 cases out of court. Now, word is getting out a little bit that the penalty from the NFL is coming. And there are rumors of eight games, which is what I thought initially it was going to be, and then there was some talk that now we're seeing maybe it's going to be a full year. Now, there's a couple of things about this. And I'll kind of tell you and give you an update on what my thoughts were. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, Deshaun Watson's new contract has a deal in it where if he's suspended for the full year, the first year, he only loses about a million dollars in salary. Because most of his, his pay for the 2022 season has been deferred in signing bonus, which mm-hmm. is not based upon gameplay, so he doesn't lose that. 
And it's basically getting paid that in year two. So even a full year, he loses about $1 million. It was written, his contract was written that way. Next, we hear that he's paid off 20 of the 24 women. Four is still ongoing. Um, there is a clause in his contract when the two additional lawsuits came up. The Browns may be able to um, terminate the contract if they feel that they did not know about the two additional cases. If they feel like there was information not given to them at the time of signing the contract. And we don't know what Deshaun Watson has disclosed. There has been talk, and there was a report last week that he had seen as many as 66 different massage therapists in over the last three or four years. Further going into this, the Browns knew about this. Also, going back to his days in the, the Texans before the trade and before all this came out, Members of the Texan staff helped him get hotels, hotel rooms, and he even helped him find and put together an NDA agreement that he could use with some of these therapists that he was seeing. So to me, I have said that what I thought we should see for a penalty is I think Watson should get two years because then you get into his money. I think that the Texans should be held accountable for putting out the NDAs, helping out with, the, with that. I think they should lose all compensation they received from the Browns. And the Browns should, the money lost in the, in the contract should still count against their salary cap. So that all three are penalized. Now, a Deshaun Watson suspension year two would count against the salary cap, and it would count significantly against the cap. So I think that would be a, a good penalty for the Browns. Plus, they've lost those picks, which would not be given back to them. The Texans lose what they got, and then Watson's penalized. First off, you think that's too, too much, too little. And then after that, what are your thoughts on this whole Deshaun Watson thing? We really haven't talked much about it, you and I. If I'm the NFL, I'll, 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 I'll hold off on my personal for a second. If I'm on the NFL, I'm looking. I, per, I, I think I would be looking to punish everyone involved for how this has gone down. I agree. The Browns, Deshaun Watson for his actions. The Browns for the for basically they need to get they need to get a little bit of a spanking for how they did this and what happened because we know that the court of public opinion did not like this at all. And the NFL needs to reflect that. How much they can do against the Texans, that sounds like a separate investigation. And, you know, those could take a long time. Yeah. But I, right off the bat, Deshaun Watson and the Browns each need to, need to suffer a little bit here. I have heard a one, you know, the rumors as to what the NFL is going to do, I don't know. It, you know, I've heard six, six games. I've heard a year. I've heard two years. I've heard eight. I've heard 12. It's all speculation. We don't know what the NFL is thinking and what they're going to do, but they're going to, tr they're going to want to hurt. So if it's at least a year 
it brings up an interesting situation with Baker Mayfield. It does. They're going to want to ensure that whatever punishment they give, Deshaun Watson's getting punished. And I think Deshaun Watson likes his contract deal right now because he's got a lot of guaranteed money to help settle these lawsuits. Not a, you know, officially, it's not an admission of guilt. These are settled, you know, sealed. I would love to hear how much the total settlement, not each individual person. I would love to see, I would love to hear how much for all 20 of those cases that have been settled, what that amount is. Yeah, I to agree. get an idea of what that's like. I agree. The other thing I think would be fun about this, about learning about on this is where is he getting the money from? I don't think yeah. he has the money right now. Someone's fronting him that money. Mm-hmm. And if the NFL wants to, if the NFL wants to come out hard, they could. Two-year suspension would absolutely make this a big deal. And if I'm the Browns, I would seriously consider contract, you know, nullification. Because, and here's the question I would have: Is are the two women who came forward afterward? Are they still? Did they settle, or are they still active? I have not heard that. I don't know. I'm making the and that becomes an important part about that contract cancellation. Yeah. I would assume the two new ones have not been settled just because of the age of it. And being new, it would be hard to Mm -hmm. settle that quickly. Those things came out basically like a week and a half ago. So you figure that, I don't know. I I would think that would be pretty quick. I I see where you're going with that. And I agree with you. I just think that those two are there. Contract cancellation is a real thing here all of a sudden. And Deshaun could be sucking hind tit. Yeah. So to speak. So what I what I wonder is is there a chance that the Cleveland Browns are the ones who finance this? That that would call more into the question for me. I these are some of the questions I keep asking, and I I don't it seems like the press is not asking the right questions. And 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 maybe because there's so many disclosures and everything else, you're not going to get that info out immediately, but that's what needs to be known. And the NFL needs to know that so they can make the appropriate judgment. The issue I see is that the NFL, now it's not the commission. There is a committee that will, that will hand out this punishment. There's a new way the new right. collective bargaining works to different stuff. It's a committee appointed by the commissioner and the owners. Yeah, between um, the NFL and the LO. Players yeah, Association yeah. and the owners have come up with this. So they, it's not just, the commissioner saying, hey, here's the penalty. Because Roger right. Goodell has been dragged over the coals for the last few years of his kind of inconsistency with what he's um, – on his accountability and the penalties he's given for different things, especially involving domestic, uh, domestic abuse and whatnot. So it's yeah. interesting to me, those kind of things. Those are the questions we want to know. And it's sort of like, okay, well, let's get this suspension figured out first. And then you brought up a great point on the Baker Mayfield piece. It looks like that bridge is burned. Um, I was actually on the Tyler Jones podcast a couple nights ago. And, you know, he is one of the uh, chat sports insiders for the Seahawks. And Mm -hmm. they are in deep talks. The Seahawks are on trading for Baker Mayfield. It looks like it'd be a late round pick for Baker Mayfield that may include a contract extension. So it looks uh-huh. like Baker Mayfield may find a home in Seattle 
The Browns get out from under the contract, which saves them $19 million in the cap this year. And um, supposedly there's some hangups on dollars compensation. The Seahawks would like some of that money right. converted to bonus and paid to Baker before he comes over. Right. So that's where they're kind of at from what, from what Tyler was telling me when I was on his show on, on Thursday. So, um, but well, we know Baker's that. not going to play for Cleveland. So it looks again. like that Baker Mayfield will not be playing for the Cleveland Browns. It looks like as of right now, if Deshaun Watson is uh, suspended, it looks like Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And is there He's a, get a shot? It, it, uh, Tyler also brought up the idea, and I, I think this idea is relevant. Would they be a team that would be willing to make a trade, whatever compensation they get from the Seahawks, and shift it over to the 49ers to get Jimmy Garoppolo for a season? You know, there's some talk there. Mm. Or if Jimmy Garoppolo were to get cut because the 49ers would save upwards of $20 million on the cap if they cut him before training camp, if they do that, then – he's available, Cleveland could bring him in. They'd have to pay him his contract. If he's cut, is he a free agent? No. He still carries yeah. he still carries his salary cap tag, but the salary right. cap dollars are similar to what they already have on Baker. Right. And if you don't have Deshaun Watson's money counting toward the cap, and you don't and you don't have most of Baker's contract, you can make a one-year deal with Garoppolo work or even extend Garoppolo to voided years that a lot of teams are doing now and just take a dead yeah. cap hit for $4 million each of the next two years. Teams aren't really worrying about the salary cap anymore because they're counting all the future money on the TV right. news. And they know yep. they're getting half, they that half that money is getting credited in the salary caps. They know how much it's going to go up. And so they're saying, hey, it's better to go ahead and do these extensions and even dead cap money of four or five million for even two or three players in your roster is worth it. Look what the Rams just did. The Rams are doing that and they're still able to keep a team together. So, I mean, there's some things there. I really wanted to get your opinion. Now, you talked about what you think may or may not happen. Where's your opinion on this? Where would you come out, Uncle Rico? on what you I'm very much yeah I've heard you say it and I kind of agree with it you know and I, and it's been said by by other outlets as well you know one or two maybe five or ten that's so good 24 guy needs to be punished yeah. seriously this is this is not okay personally I, I I don't you know I don't know how sev what's sev what's right versus severe because I feel like that judgment as an outsider of the situation is subjective. Yeah. So some people's personal experience will influence say he's got to be suspended from the NFL forever, and other people, as we know, in the sports arena, are going to say, well, six games is plenty. That's you know he's going to know what that means. No, I don't think six games is enough, and I don't think a lifetime ban is appropriate for a non-criminal punishment. Yeah. And I say non-criminal in that this is a private, you know, this is not a government entity. This is a, an organization, a company, if you will, a business yeah. that's making business decisions, not criminal decisions. And that's, that's a very different thing. 
I don't agree. I understand that there's no criminal proceedings going forward right now. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to say what could or couldn't. Personally, he needs to be punished. He needs to hit it, feel it in the wallet. I think the NFL needs to hit him. I think two years might feel excessive, but it hurts him and the Browns when you realize that they planned for this in their contract. That's exactly right. That's where I was about to go. And that's what I was going to ask you. Follow-up question was going to be, let me ask you this one. If he signs this, this guaranteed contract, 230 million, but it's a traditional contract, it's the, you're getting paid an equal amount over those years. And he stood to lose money the first year. You think there'd be any talk of him being suspended more than one season? Because I don't. I think the reason you do too is that there was a specifically put together circumstance where he tried to get around the idea of being suspended yeah. for a full season so that he would not lose his salary. And I think that's what's punishable. That to me is what's punishable to the Browns. That to me yes. is the worst thing the Browns did. I don't agree with trading for the guy off the field anyway. I've said before, you can't put Deshaun Watson on your buy season tickets billboard. Now, if we just take everything off and you say football wise, is this trade worth it? Hell yes, it's worth it in football sure. sense. But this is not a football sense deal. This is a deal is a big business deal. These are billion-dollar corporations, each of these 32 teams. And what yep. the worst part of this was to me was that intentionally the Browns and Deshaun Watson and his agent tried to work around the idea of being suspended for a full season. And for that, yeah. Watson should get two years, in my view, and the Browns should be punished for doing it. They're just as culpable as Deshaun Watson is in this case. They're because, complicit in the entire situation. Yes, because I they would try be thinking... to get around the penalty. It's just like yes. saying, look, it, it's like as a parent, you know, you tell your kid, look, tell me the truth now, because if you lie to me, it's going to be worse than what you did before. You make and a that's, mistake, that's you exactly the way I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Is you try to play and run around, and we saw through this, I personally, I would punish them harder for this I, two years and fines to the organization and to Sean directly hefty fines yeah, that as them, a signal to say for all organizations and all players, don't try to pull this shit with us. Yeah, yeah This should I, piss off the NFL and the other owners and players to no end the because other, it is, it is. It's shady as shit. Yeah, the other teams are all pissed at the, at the Browns right now anyway. They're pissed that they yeah. fully guaranteed this contract at $230 million to a player who's facing upwards of a year suspension. It's something that had – and the reason it's this way, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the reason other owners are mad is because now we've got this, these, these quarterbacks. We've got Lamar Jackson – you got Justin Herbert, you've got um, Joe Burrow, you've got Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. We've got a number of these guys that are a year or two away from contract extensions. The big ones being Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield is in that group too. If you want to put him in there, they are a year or two away from their second yeah. contracts, and now they can go and negotiate and say, "Hey, if he's worth two thirty for five years, fully guaranteed, that's our starting point. We're going up from there." Because you know what, with me, whether let's say you're Joe Burrow, I'm a big Burrow guy, but let's talk about it. If it's Joe Burrow, he goes, "Well, I've been to a Super Bowl." I was one play from winning it, and I've never had an off-the-field situation like that. I want three hundred mm-hmm. million for five years, and I want it fully guaranteed. guaranteed. Because if you guarantee him, guaranteed, Lamar Jackson should get two fifty because he's Lamar Jackson should be. I mean, he he won an MVP. He was the MVP for the first ten games of last season before he got banged up. Before I got hurt, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, to me, again, he first ten games, he was the MVP of the league. Um, it's hardly arguable at this point. Lamar Jackson should be going, "Hey guys, the minimum here is two fifty, and we're just counting up." Well, it's. It, I don't think the money is the problem with Lamar. I think the problem with Lamar is that he's representing himself and doesn't yeah. know how to negotiate. Lamar's pulling the uh, Dak Prescott. He is purposefully going to bet on himself. He's not going to sign. Yeah. I don't, I don't He's mind there. that, but Dak Prescott had an agent to advise him. No, you're right. Lamar doesn't have an agent. No, but what Lamar's doing is he's saying, okay, I'm going to bet on myself. He knows the worst case scenario for 2023 is a one-year contract through the, uh, through the franchise tag at top three for his position. He's a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, pick the yeah. top three of Dak. Dak Mahomes and whoever's next in that payload is Allen. forty million. I think it's plus. Josh Allen. I, it may be, but it's forty million plus, and they can only do it to him one time. So yeah. yes, he's looking at going. Okay, he's got one more year in his contract. Yeah. If he gets franchised, he's still got two if he years. Gets franchised, of he paid. says, "Hey, you can't do it again." And I'm going to free agency after this. And so the Ravens can't afford to do that in this case. They can't afford to make give him the franchise tag. They have to pay him or let him go. Because if they let him go without um, franchising him, they do get draft pick compensation. Yeah. But, they, but if he gets franchised, they can't negotiate with him. He goes to free agency, they get nothing. So, yeah. Lamar no, they get, doesn't have an agent. Baltimore has to deal with this now. Yeah. They, they waited too long to do it. And it's Lamar playing the well. game. He's the one not coming to the table. Yeah, Baltimore the knows they need to come to the table, and they can't get him to the table because yeah. it's just him. They don't have an agent to no. to say, "Hey, we want to give him yeah. money. Help us get him to the table to give him money." Yeah, and I think that that's kind of been a brilliant move by Lamar Jackson. Honestly, I think that what he's done is has been pretty smart. I mean, I because he's he's betting on himself. Now, the easy thing to do if you're Lamar Jackson is say, "Hey, I'll take the two fifty. But he knows that if he gets a free agency in two years, he's getting $50 million per year. He's going to be getting $300, 400000000 million. He knows it. And I, I just, he's I expecting it. He's, he's, he's playing the Dak, the Dak game, and Dak gambled. And Dak got gambled lucky. big time, and he won. You know how Dak won? When he Dak got lucky. Got, when he got hurt. And the Cowboys were awful without him. Oh, yeah. When Andy Dalton that, was But just that's the awful gamble. Because they went and said, oh, shit. 
we're not good at all without this guy. Because no one will sit here and tell you Dak Prescott's a top five player. I mean, he's not. Yeah. He's he may be a top ten quarterback. We got a top five. And, and I he, like, and he I like has that not I like it. We've talked, we've talked about this with him yeah. not being able to finish. Yeah, I like that. And we know contributing factors. We get, yeah. yeah. We, we got Go contributing on. factors. We know Mike McCarthy's a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, that yeah. all things all considered, we don't bet on Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott to be the Go guy on. to finish the game. Okay. Well, let, but let's, you let's, know Dallas is no good without him. Yeah. Well, let's finish off the Deshaun Watson piece. We've got side, we got yeah. sidebar there for a minute. Um, so you're with me. You're thinking <laughs> a, a big suspension and, and a big penalty to both the team and the player. I want to say if if I'm everybody involved, NFLPA, the committee, the NFL owners, and the commissioners, all the all of this, I'm looking to set an example. I'm looking to sit here and say these guys try to pull some shady shit, and we are not going to let them. You're not for this, yeah. Okay. I think for that very reason, not only should they be should they be coming with a serious suspension and fines, I would go overboard. I would go full bore into them for what they've tried to do, both the organization and the player. And the Texans situation, you know, whatever they've, you know, their involvement of it, I think is a separate investigation. It will happen. It should happen, I should say. Um, and they'll get they'll get slapped on the wrist for it, but it's it's a little bit different than Deshaun himself and the Browns or as an organization. That's where you really are kind of setting your sights is to make sure that they don't ever pull this shit again. And nor should any other team. Yeah. They don't like it. Nobody else likes it. Everyone's on board with a serious punishment. The only people who aren't are the Browns themselves and Deshaun Watson. And I'm in agreement. I'm in complete agreement with that. One more NFL thing. Have you followed any of the Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, Tua stuff? <laughs> this just came out. Ancillary. I know it's there. I know that. Right, so but, but to me, you, you go ahead. I'll, and I'll explain what's going on. So this is, we're recording this Thursday night. So this will come out tomorrow on Friday. Um, this week, Tyreek Hill started a podcast. His first episode came out last week. Second episode just hit this week on Tuesday. Now, in his first episode, Tyreek Hill tried to clear up some of the rumors that had got out after minicamp. After minicamp, a rumor got out that Tyreek Hill said Tua Tagovailoa doesn't have it. He doesn't have the arm that Patrick Mahomes has. He's not accurate. Uh, I think he either called him trash or ass. I'm not sure which term was used, but that's what it got, on, got out on Twitter. That was directly contributed to him. First off, Tyreek Hill said he never said that. Secondly, Tyreek Hill then came out and said that when asked about Mahomes and Tua, he said, Mahomes has the strongest arm, but accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. Now, of course, that came out last Tuesday. It goes to Mahomes. Someone says to Patrick Mahomes, hey, what do you think? I thought Patrick Mahomes, and we all know I'm not his biggest fan, but I thought he handled it with class, and I thought he handled it perfectly. Mahomes said, hey, Tyreek's my guy. We don't have a beef. 
He's trying to back his guy. That's where he's at now. I wish him nothing but the best. And, of course, he's going to back his current quarterback. He should. Mahomes was nothing but genuine and kind about it. So when asked about it this week, the follow-up, Tyreek Hill says, on every social media account I own, I got death threats on. That's a direct quote from Tyreek Hill. (laughs) He claims he got death threats on social media for talking bad about Patrick Mahomes. Now, look, there's always knuckleheads, I don't especially doubt. in the Twitter world. But that's not really a death threat. No one's going to try to kill Tyreek Hill. First off, you couldn't stab him. He's got that big-ass neck. He just just strong. You ever seen Tyreek Hill? Yeah, neck? isn't it? Yeah. It looks like one of those. You got to catch He looks like you a, catch him. It looks like a large ball on top of a volcano. <laughs> he's. Yeah, he's got the he's got a neck of a four hundred pound man. He should not. He yeah. he has almost no neck. It's ridiculous. And I, and I shouldn't make fun of Tyreek Hill because I I had the uh, the opportunity to call one of the games two seasons ago when he was coaching in Lee Summit South, um, and mm-hmm. I talked to their mm-hmm. head coach, talked to a couple of their coaches, and they told me about how great Tyreek Hill was with those kids. Not only was he great, they had they had a couple of rules. It was no pictures, no autographs, no racing. He right. wouldn't run any races. But I'll tell you, I was at their game, and I got to watch one of their practices. Do you know who was carrying tackling dummies after practice? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Do you know who was carrying the, the sticks to the sideline pregame? Tyreek Hill. Yep. He, to, that, those, those interactions that I had, and I didn't get a chance to talk to him directly, but the, what I got to do and talk to his other coaches on his staff and their head coach, and then what I saw with my own two eyes made me respect him. This is a guy that's saying, hey, this is what I'm probably going to do when I'm retired. He says he wants to be a high school coach when he's retired from the NFL. Sure. And he's got the, gonna have plenty of money and do whatever he wants. So he'll be a he'll he and he will be a high school coach somewhere. Uh, my guess is he'll be a high school coach in South Florida where they all play football. And, He's already with the dog. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> um, but I just thought, I saw this on the ESPN.com. I had to ask you, this is obviously a, a, making a mountain out of a molehill here, but Tyreek Hill felt like he's getting death threats. You got any thoughts here? One, I don't doubt he's getting death threats, and there are probably a lot of Chiefs fans, and for all the same stupid reasons, and yes, the world is full of trolls and knuckleheads, yeah. so of course he's going to get the death threats. Yeah. Is it, are they real? Most of them are not. We know this, we know this to be true. Is he going to, and here's the thing that I think people are, are really, yes, he's going to back his quarterback and, you know, and it's, it's not cause not just cause he's a teammate. Yeah. He's not, he wants him to throw the ball at him. Of yeah. course he's going to back Tua. Yeah. where do you think he's going to get all his receptions from Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the fucking field? He wants every ball. And right now in Miami, he's going to be competing. They've got, they have something they haven't had in a while. Tools. Yeah. They actually yeah. have weapons on offense. Holy shit. So, of course, he's going to back his quarterback. He's got to get the ball somehow. So, hey, did he bash Patrick Mahomes? No, he did not. Come on. This is off-season side talk. Yeah, I didn't think it was It doesn't mean anything Mahomes right now. I didn't think it was bashing Mahomes either. I really didn't. No. And I think if you're a troll out there saying, well, fuck you, Tyreek Hill, 
but you're just being an asshole. Now, I do think Tyreek Hill took those comments and he gets it out there that he got death threats. And you know what that helps? Downloads for his podcast. Yeah. So. It, it, this, this is simple. Good publicity, bad publicity. He doesn't have, this is not bad publicity. This no. is just more attention. This people are going to download that podcast. This is more followers. This is more likes. This is more podcast listens yeah. and views and sharing and all of that. And that's part of the business. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point when you say that, say it that way. Because I was talking to Ellen last week about this. A lot of traditional sports media, the beat writers and those sort of things, they're not breaking stories. Um, today, as we record this Thursday, earlier today, Adam Sheffer, Schefter tried to break a story that Arch Manning, the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning, Archie Manning's grandson, yep. the, the son of Cooper Manning, the number one football recruit in the, in the country, he's going to Texas. He announced it on Twitter. Of course, Adam Schefter tries to go in and say, oh, I'm hearing that uh, Arch Manning is going to go to, to Texas. Yeah, so did the other million people who saw it on Twitter today, you dumbass. But where I'm going with mm-hmm. that is these guys like Schefter, and, and if you listen to this pod, you know I fucking hate Adam Schefter. I fucking despise that guy. Um, I think he's a horrible, horrible report. Um, I think he makes up stuff. He admitted it so much. So, yeah. But I, I, when we had guys, um, and I think like in the NBA, Adrian Wojnarowski, I think is the direct opposite. I think when he says something, it tends to be right on. He tends to take his time and get the story right. But because we've gone to the point of now, we have to be the fastest to get to the story in the world. Now what we're seeing is these players are going to their own social media. They're starting their own podcast. It's starting, and we saw this with Tom Brady the last couple of years, you know, where it was, yep. and not just the stuff this offseason of the retirement, it was also, I mean, a lot of that, when he said he was going to retire, he, he said later, hey, I don't want to be pressured into retirement. And I felt like there was some information out there that I was going to retire, and I hadn't made a decision. And we just saw, you know, the during the NBA Finals, Draymond Green was getting just lit up by the Celtics fans and a lot of people on social media. And instead of doing an interview on ESPN or going on First Take or Sports Center or wherever, he took to his own podcast. Tyreek Hill is doing sure. this on his own podcast. What we're seeing now is that the business side of this, these guys are saying, hey, I'm not going to go talk to Adam Shaw. I'm not going to go talk to Woj. I'm not going to go talk to, you know, such and such beat writer for the Kansas City Star or the New York Times. Instead, I'm just going to break the news myself. Because you get yeah. your narrative it, it, out. Yeah. Where you'll you'll still they'll still talk to him. I mean, the media is still the media, but if you're going to put out something breaking, you're going to do it in an environment you can control. Exactly. You won't, you're not getting ambushed by questions. You're not being interrupted by pushy reporters who are trying to be the first to get you to get a soundbite. You can put that out in your own fashion and then meet with the media and answer their questions. But if it's something you've already asked, then the media looks dumb. So there's only follow-up, no breaking news because I can control the the narrative here. Yeah. We're going to continue to, we're going to continue to see this. 
And this is going to be an ongoing narrative for quite a while, I think. I think we're going to start seeing yeah. where instead of guys retiring and calling a press conference, they're just going to release it on social media. Gronk retired this week, and Gronk retired by putting that on, on social media. Again. You know, <laughs> Tyler asked me on his pod, do you think Gronk is going to come back? And I said, well, you know, there's, there's talking he may go work for Fox and go back to work for Fox and work on the pregame show or the halftime or the stuff like that, which is great. I don't think Gronk's coming back this time. I, I But I do think he's going to get a call week 11, week 12, from Brady going. I'm thinking more like week seven. It week might eight. be. They're, they're going to be a little bit rough offensively at times. And, and it's, it's, the wheels are coming off the bus for him, too. I, I, I watched a lot of tape on him. He didn't play that well last season. I don't no, say, he's not playing that well, but he's still well, better he than most, and he still has that. People are saying yeah. he could have been MVP, but man, if you watched him play, he did not play that great. He just had great numbers. Uh, he, I don't think he was MVP caliber. Was he the best tight end in the game? No, he was not. But, no, but is he better than most? Well, I'm yes. Talking about, I'm talking about Brady in that case with the MVP. Oh, you're talking about Brady. I thought yeah. you were talking about Gronk. Yeah, because no. I think that Brady would be he, making that phone call about 10 weeks into the season of, hey, Gronk, I need somebody to throw the ball to in the red zone. Depends on – yeah, I would, I'd be curious about that injury status and, and Gronk, who they get to replace you him. You are right that yeah. Gronk's um, – his abilities have dropped off considerably and his production has dropped off considerably in the last couple of years. He's not the same true trained polar bear that he was with the Patriots. Well, it, it, there's, there's part of that, but I still would take Gronk over a significant number of players yeah. with Brady, with Brady, not yeah. uh, if he were at some other team, some other quarterback, yeah. Not the same thing. They've got chemistry built in. They have friendship. Really, they they get their system. With Brady, he's still better than a, most of those tight ends out there. And I would take no him. And I would take him in the second half of the year, week ten, week eleven, when he's when he'd normally be injured, he'd be healthy to help the team make the playoffs. Yeah, it, I would say it depends on where we, we are at about that time with injuries to uh, receivers and tight ends, who they're going to get in his place. But I'm not. I'm not discounting the possibility he might unretire this year again. Yeah. In, I don't think you know, it, mid-season because he's done it before. I don't but, think it's as likely as last year. Yeah, it, last it's year not the same. Yeah, and and at the same time, it's not like if he doesn't come back, he's not out anything. You know, he's still going to have a, a career, and it's a it, and and Tom Brady's answering that same question. Is I, I think he was quoted just a few weeks ago as saying, "Is you know there is that the gas in the tank is starting. You know we're getting low. The desire to continue playing isn't going to be there much longer. He still has it, but is he going to be? Is he going to play all fifty? Fuck no. We've all I, we've all made the guesstimate. Is it a year? Is it this season? Is it next season? We don't know what's going to happen. It's this. Season. But at the end of the year, each year he does this, it gets harder and harder and harder. I think it was the Brady thing. I think was a couple fold. I think I do think this is his last season, and I do think that I mean one he's he was under contract. He could, he could get the one year. I think the original thing about him going to Miami, and then that whole piece. I think all that was true. I think the whole thing of he was going to leave the Bucks, retire, go be the head of player personnel for the Dolphins, get his own rights. They were going to sign Sean Payton to be their coach. That's why they fired. Brian Flores, and then when that all fell through, he went, "Well, shit, I'll just 
come back and play this season for the Bucks, collect my twenty five or thirty million he gave. I think he's thirty million, and yeah. then you know. But I think the other piece of it is I think that he didn't like that Schefter and a few of these guys were saying, "Hey, he's going to retire," when he really probably hadn't made his final decision. I don't think. Yeah, I don't he, think, I think he had either, and that's another piece of the media. Narrative. Yeah, I think that he was the first one. And I think we now see it with Tyreek Hill and we're seeing it with Draymond Green. LeBron's done a little bit of that stuff too in the past. I think we're going to continue to see that across the board in a lot of sports with these bigger name players. So I just I think when he does retire, he will control that narrative. He might even have his own podcast to control that well, narrative. He already say, does. I'm not breaking news. There's no leak, blah, blah, blah. I will retire when I say I'll retire. Well, Tom Brady has a show on Sirius XM. He does it during the season. Yeah. With Jim Gray. Yeah. And he's been doing that. He did it during last season as well. Um, yeah, I made mention of this already. We're talking about the Schefter thing. But uh, and I know you don't really follow college football like you do college basketball. But this is a big deal. Arch Manning, the number one recruit in the country, Peyton and Eli's nephew, Cooper's son, is going to Texas. Now, we know that I'm an LSU guy. Arch is from <laughs> New Orleans. No Manning has ever gone to LSU. And LSU was not one of the finalists. The final three teams were Texas, Georgia, Alabama. It looked like about three weeks ago now that Bama was out when they signed, I think it's the number of six or seven quarterback in the country. It was going to eventually be the one mm-hmm. who replaces Bryce Young. Uh, so it looked like from that same class, or the, the 2023 class. Um, Arch Manning came out about 10, 12 days ago and said he was not going to sign any NIL deals until he got to campus or until he at least made his decision on where to go. He didn't want NIL mm-hmm. to be the reasoning. He didn't want it to look like they even have a suspicion that NIL influenced where he was going. And it looked like it was down in Georgia and Texas. Um, it ends up it's Texas. I think mean, Texas was the favorite from the get-go. Um, heard a great one on this. Steve Sarkeesian's the current coach of Texas. Is he really going to go five and seven with Arch Manning? <laughs> I mean, if he gets Arch, at least at least if, if if Texas goes, you know, seven and five this year. They're still not going to fire him because he's got Arch Manning coming next year. And if you fire Sarkeesian, Arch may not come. He might go somewhere else. So I do find that funny. But I want to see what the NIL deals this kid's going to get are going to be. They're going to be fucking huge. It's going to be huge. Uh, There's a part of me that looks at this and says, with the the conference changes coming, that he kind of wants to come in to the SEC in Texas and make a big splash. Yeah. You really kind of go after a title. I yeah. think there's some ambition there, which the Mannings have had that. And that's not, that's not any one Manning. They all have that where they kind of want to, they want, they love it when the stars align their way, you know, and that's, that goes back to where Peyton went to, you know, to college and where he went, where he, where he got drafted, Eli refusing his draft position, wanting to not play for certain people. This right. is one of those where they like to have their stars align the way they want it to align. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a little bit of that in in uh, in the younger Archie. Yeah. 
Yeah, Arch uh, Arch Manning's going, this hurts me. I'll tell you what it's <laughs> You know how much I hate Texas, but I love the Mannings. I mean, as a boy, Archie Manning was my hero. I named a kid after Peyton Manning. Had I had a second one, I would have named him Eli. Jen wouldn't have liked it, so I would have changed my mind and gone with Cooper. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I really wanted Arch Manning to go somewhere other than Texas or Alabama. Those are the two <laughs> schools I was like, just anywhere but those two. Anywhere but those two. Um, I'm glad he didn't get caught up in the trap of going to Old Miss. And I know that they were, you know, still in it for a while. And um, I just can't believe that nobody in Baton Rouge came up with enough money to send a briefcase full of cash over to his house. You know, leave it in his locker at school or something. I, damn. I mean, we don't have anybody with a million cash to be like, hey, brother, this is your There's nothing to say they didn't try. Tigers. You know. Right, nothing so against LSU, school. but, he, you know, there's nothing to say that they didn't try. And he just like, nah, I don't want to go to LSU. It's gonna be amazing how much money that guy's gonna to make too. It's yeah, he's uh, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make some good nil money, no question. Let me see. I'm gonna pull this up here. All right, so right now there is the thing um, on three dot com is where you can go to look at the the estimated values of nils. So it's been updated today. Arch Manning, I'm sorry, he's now number. He's tied for second. This takes in all. Undergrad, under everybody who's in um, undergrad or a high school player. Now, this takes all sports as well. So, number one is Bronny James, LeBron James's son. His NIL value is $6.3 million. That shows his social media following is he has 11.7 million followers in social media. That helps increase yeah. his value. The next two are Bryce Young, the current quarterback at, at Alabama, who was the Heisman Trophy winner, who has 256,000 followers on social media. And tied with him is Arch Manning, a senior in high school, who has only 41,000 social media followers. So now it's we're going to interesting start to actually walk down that list of and and who's and number four has five point nine million. Yeah, it's Mikey Williams, the uh, basketball prep star, who is going to like he's going to Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, and then Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC, is fifth. He is he and CJ Stroud from Ohio State. Um, Caleb Williams is the one transferred from Oklahoma to USC. They are tied for yep. fifth at 2.4 million. Sharif O'Neal is next at 2.3 million. That's Shaquille O'Neal's son, if you didn't know. Yep. Uh, Spencer Rattler, who is the quarterback at South Carolina, he was the quarterback at Oklahoma, is eighth. Uh, Quinn Evers, who's the current quarterback at Texas, is, um, and actually, he's class of 2021. He'll be playing his first game. I he played his past season at Texas. He's in Texas now. But, uh, yeah, he's the current quarterback at Texas. And then Jackson Smith, uh, uh, Nigma, Nick, I, I can't really Jigda. pronounce it. Smith Jigma. In, in yeah, he's a wide receiver. The wide receiver at Ohio State has a $1.4 million valuation. 
I find it interesting on here. You know, we've talked about some of these guys before. We've talked about this website. It's an interesting thing. I just find it interesting that, in, you know, Arch Manning's case, he's only 17. He's not, he's not turned 18 yet. And he is the number three, only behind the son of LeBron James and the current Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. But There's I, a little I suspect, hype around him. I, and, you know, in Bryce Young's case, he actually signed an autograph deal with one of the companies where he's getting paid $100,000 per appearance to do autograph signs. Yeah. I'd be lining one up every week. If you could, yeah. Um, Arch <laughs> Manning, I suspect, will be signing with Fanatics because both his uncles work with Fanatics. So I imagine they will pay him. If he's not 18 yet, there's a lot of that that still is yeah. pending. Well, and that goes, you know, Ellen brought that up last week when we were talking about this. And she said, you know, in some states, you have to be 19 to sign a contract. So that was interesting. And that that oh, may make a difference. That. that may make a difference when it comes to recruiting down the road. And, and she brought up, and I can't remember the example she brought up. I, well, I want to say it was Wisconsin. Don't quote me as the gospel on that. But I want to say she brought the example that Wisconsin, you have to be 19 years old to enter into a contract. So think if you're the quarterback at Wisconsin and you're a freshman and you're only 18, you can't sign an NIL deal unless your parents sign with you. Yeah, you'll need a guardian consent still. Yeah. So I found that to be interesting. Arch Manning, that was breaking news. that happened today on Thursday. Arch Manning uh, is going to Texas. I was holding out hope against hope that it was anywhere in <laughs> Texas and Alabama. But, oh, man. And the next subject I got for you, I want to bring this up because you're a big golfer. And I have found this whole oh, thing yeah. very interesting. We've got the new tour, the Live Tour, which is being financed by, is it the king in Saudi Arabia? It's, it's it's Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's a monarchy, it's, so it's yeah, it's their it's, their royal family. The royal the family of Saudi Arabia has put hundreds of millions of dollars in this new tour. They have gone and gotten Phil Mickelson. Brooks Kepka has announced he's going to leave the PGA Tour. The PGA I'm going to miss him. Yeah, PGA Tour is now banned anyone who's playing on the Live Tour. There's a number of players who like, uh, who's it? Dustin Johnson also left. Is that right? Was he one of the first? Yeah, he's out. yeah he did yeah. not get he did not get his waiver. Yeah. So a number of these guys who are leaving, they're going for the money. They're making a lot of money because they're able to get appearance fees along with large purses as far as where they finish. Every player gets paid. Uh, there's no cut. It's a three-round 54-hole tournament. There's a team segment to it where there's millions of dollars. So if you finish 20th, you may only win half a million bucks, which was still better than even the U.S. Open. But it was, you could still make two or three more million dollars in team results. Plus, a lot of these guys are getting appearance fees. So, and that's a no-no on the PGA Tour. You can't get, the PGA does not pay appearance fees. Even Tiger Woods didn't get those. Um, the big one, as far as name recognition in the beginning, was Phil Mickelson. And, you know, he had the controversial quote about, you know, yeah, he understood 
you know, some of the political pieces to dealing with the Saudis. But if it put the PGA in a bad spot, he was okay with that. And there's a lot of people who want to try to get back at the PGA Tour. They feel like they don't get enough out of it. Um, this week, PGA commissioner had a great quote. He was, he was asked specifically about the Live Golf Tour. And he was mentioning a competitive balance. And he said he welcomed uh, a, a, a tour, but what he didn't like, and this was the quote, the PGA Tour can't compete with a foreign monarchy spending millions of dollars to buy the game of golf. This week also, Rory McIlroy ripped in the golfers who had originally said they were going to stay on the PGA Tour, but have now left to go to the Live Tour. That that was Brooks Kepka was the kind of the first one he was really drawn hit that drew McIlroy's ire. There's a couple others as well. Um, the Scottish Open just said they're going to ban all live golfers from their event. Uh, they were able to play at the U.S. Open because the PGA does not run the U.S. Open. The USGA does. And the USGA said, hey, these guys yep. have already qualified. We're not going to mess up the whole thing this year over that. But I would suspect, you know, you and I talked about it beforehand a little bit. We both suspect they'll probably yep. make a change in that next year. You are my go-to guy on golf. I want to hear your thoughts on this. There's the political piece to this. There's the business piece to this. Where do you come out on the live golf tour versus the PGA and where we're at here in this deal? For me, the live, let's, let's first, everyone knows about the PGA. They're not the only tour. Yeah. There are other tours globally. There's WGT. There are countries that have their own tours within their country there is a european tour that the pga is not the only tour at the highest level if you will because we also have you know we also have the champions league we have corn Ferry and other lower levels it's kind of like the minor league trying to make it into the pga it's not new the issue here is the political one primarily um for what they're what the live tour has been trying to do because they want to take players from other tours they want to take other players stars you get a Phil Mickelson, you get a DJ, you get, you know, Brooks Kepka. I don't mind that at all, quite frankly, because I know Brooks, personally, I'm Brooks Kepka. I, I think the live tour appeals to him more because he has to play less. He doesn't really want to play every week in the PGA anyway, where you will see PGA players out every single week in every tournament because they're trying, you know, they're doing what they got to do. Um, and it's rare to see, you know, you, when people, when PGA players, when PGA tour, uh, champions go out and skip a week or skip a two weeks, that's all planned in advance. That's like taking vacation ahead of time. Yeah. Whereas the live tour is not as many tournaments. They don't, they're, they're not as long and they're willing to pay. So everyone has said, this is all about a paycheck for the players that are going. And it is. And I get that. I respect that from the player side. Do I want them in the PGA? Not really. Not anymore. You know, because there is a political aspect to this. There is the idea that this is blood money being funded here. And that's not a secret. That's not me coming out as an opinion. This is common knowledge that the money this is coming from uh, is is royal money that they get on the backs of, you know, some very hum, human rights violation type yeah. stuff. Devious items. This is not news. This is all known. So 
the, a lot of the backlash has been that, hey, just if you're going to do it, be honest about it. You're going for the paycheck. Cut the bullshit. We all know it's for the paycheck. It's not because they're a prestigious tour. They're brand spanking new. It's not because they have, they have great ethics. We know where the money's coming from. This is a paycheck and it's a business. And as a business, I can respect that. Do I want to want, do I watch the live tour? No, I could care less. The tours, the, the, the competition you're getting there is not as difficult. The courses they play are not as hard as your top tier PGA. You know, you got your, your, your majors, your masters, your U S open. We just had the U S open. Those, the, the courses they're playing are not, that caliber okay um we have the 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 open the the one in the in in britain is coming up soon we'll you know we also have the players we also have you know the masters these are difficult tournaments to win with the very best players in the world the live tour cannot compete with that can they throw money at players sure are you going to get me to watch no i don't care about the live tour and, it's, and and that I think is ultimately what's going to end up happening. And I think we talked we talked about it earlier. You know, they're trying to buy the game of golf, but for a lot of people, the golf game is not up for sale. It has to be earned, and they haven't yeah. earned anything. Yeah, I think that it, I think you bring up a good a good. I think you're in agreement with the commissioner where it's saying, "Hey, the this monarch doesn't care about making money. You know, the PGA is trying to make money." I mean, they're trying to provide a, a television product and an in-person product. And as a sport, they're trying to provide a, a business. And they run into something. And the PGA Tour has, you know, had its issues. I mean, let's be honest, there's some issues there. Um, but in the end, they've, you know, this is the thing where it's like, okay, is this an unfair business practice? But if I think in the end, it doesn't matter if, Mm-hmm. PGA Tour just keeps doing the things they do to build the game. The biggest problem the PGA Tour has, in my view, is they never replace Tiger Woods. <laughs> you, nobody can replace Tiger Woods. No, but what I mean by that is, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at the golf piece of that. But what I mean is, there's nobody that you can watch and care about every week that draws the eyes. There are great players. You know, whether it's Rory, whether that's, um, you know, for a while, Dustin Johnson, whether it was whoever, whoever your guy, Bubba Watson is popular with other people, you know, there's lots of other people out there, but there's never been anybody that, that, you know, the PGA Tours uh, ratings go up if Tiger plays. Oh, absolutely. Has for years. No one like that. Mickelson was the closest thing they had to that. And he's older than Tiger. By the way, did you see Phil Mickelson at the Live Tour press conference? No, I could care. He less. was unshaven, <laughs> and he looked like a—he looked oh, like yeah. the villain. He was all black. Yeah, black golf shirt, black pants. <laughs> I was like, he's accepting the role of Darth Vader. All right. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me uh, timely for Kenobi. But I think you're saying, yeah. I think you're saying, hey, these guys just admit it. Hey, yeah, I'm doing this for the money. You know, it'll be accepted. Let's just be, let's, let's, let's call a duck a duck. They're doing yeah. it for the money. It is their profession. They're yeah. not, this isn't a hobby. This isn't a sport. It's, yeah. you know, if you, if you, and, and when we talk about the PGA, no professional sports organization, PGA, 
FIFA, NFL, NBA, MLB, they all have their problems. Nobody's perfect. But there's a big difference between when you where you get your money matters. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and we talk a lot of wrestling on this show, and I think it's one of the things people are starting to dislike about WWE is that they have a deal with the Saudis. Well, they're doing and two I saw shows that McMahon a year there. just officially stepped down. You know, and they've got they're getting a hundred million a year from the Saudis to do two shows. And yeah. they go over there and they make the women cover up. Women can't first one, the women couldn't be on at all. No women were on yeah. the show. Then the next ones, they've done a few of them now, but now they can be on, but they're covered up to their wrists and all the way down. And you know, Alexa Bliss ain't yeah, showing her half her ass in the you know in the, in the in the match. But I mean, so yeah, I think that where that money comes from is important. And the PGA tour is not a publicly held company like WWE is. So, but it's still it, it's a business. I don't think you're right. There's something to that of. You know, it's important where you get your money from, not just that you get. You know, and, and as a PGA is a business, you know, they make, you know, they make advertising dollars. They make money on, you know, merchandising and sales and, and appearances. They, they do all of this stuff, but it's not through the government. It's not on the back of human atrocities. And yeah. that leaves a really nasty taste in most people's mouths, especially when you're talking about, a quote-unquote democratic country like ours where we talk about equality, we talk about fair treatment, we talk about fair business practices, and that's not the case in, other, in, most, in a lot of other places like Saudi Arabia, whose politics and, tre- and pe- human treatment you know, leaves a lot to be decided by, by, the, by an American audience. Yeah. And an American audience drives a lot of what is successful. You know, when you you can talk you can talk about that with movies and television as well. An American audience is your primary audience because where we go with our attention, generally the rest of the world will often follow. Yeah, well, I just think that you know, I just like I think you know, FIFA got a lot of pullback when they put the 2022 World Cups in Qatar. You know, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. Let's put you know, it's that was a and again. FIFA, it's got its problems. It's got its long history of corruption. Oh yeah, FIFA. But as a dirty. global organization, where FIFA. it gets its money, it matters. It does. FIFA's as dirty as they get. FIFA makes the they, SEC look one clean. Of most, one of the most corrupt professional sports organizations in the world. Yeah. FIFA right. is absolutely yeah, yeah. FIFA, shit. FIFA makes. Like I said, it makes the SEC look like Sunday church. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. Um, yeah, I'm, I I could care less about the live tour. To me, that is a flash in the moment. Will it stick around? Will they keep doing it? Yes. Will people go over there? Yes. Is that going to be your dominant golf tour in the world? No. Not even close. Never will be. How long do you think that the Saudis decide to do this? Five years? Ten years? Two years? Until they get bored with it, probably. You know, it, it, it's one of those where, what do you, with anything like this, and, and you can talk about, you can say the same thing that we were talking, you know, with the XFL back in the day, the USFL now, and what they're trying to do. You do not 
hit the ground running with a huge audience. You have to build that up. So the live tour is going to have, if they actually intend for this to be a success, it's going to be around for a few years because they have to let it develop and breathe and become something if it's going to at all. But will it be the PGA? No, it won't. Does that mean that that players won't go there for the money? Sure they will. But will they get the attention? Will they get the the accolades? Uh, You know, I don't think so. And I think that's part of your, and and a lot of your best golfers are going to have a problem dealing with where this organization is coming from globally, whether you're an American, whether you're Korean, and there's a lot of good Korean players out there. You know, there's got a lot of players from Japan. There's going to be play, you know, if you look at the board on the PGA, they'll, they'll put the flag of the, 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 the origin country for each player. It's all over the board. You got South Africa, you got Germany, you got UK, you got Australia. These are all countries that are not going to be okay, you know, and players that are not going to be okay with the politics of this tour of where it's originating from. I think that's your biggest hurdle. Will players do this? We are already seeing this. Will the majority of players do this? No, they won't. Because You've got your Phil, you got your DJ, you got your Brooks Kekka. These are already established names through the PGA. If you're a young player, you're not drawing people to the live tour. You're trying to get a paycheck, but you're not drawing an audience. When you go to the PGA and you build your name, you build your reputation, you win some tournaments, you win a major, and then go over, then you're drawing an audience. That's when you're trying to get your paycheck to retire. And DJ's not a young man. Phil is definitely close to retirement. And Brooks is his own thing. I don't really care. Yeah. But that's that's the kind of stuff you're looking at, you know. And if you're talking about the next Tiger Woods, you know, you're looking at guys like – you. we had hoped Jordan Spieth was like that. He's not quite yeah. – he's not there. Yeah. But, you know, play, there are players who are striving for that, and I look at uh, uh, JT. Personally, I think he's probably your, your next, you know, as far as fan rankings. Yeah, Justin Thomas. He's got quite the following, and he just came off a major win uh, a month ago. So they, there are those players who are filling the holes, who do have a following, that there are their favorite players. You're looking at young players like uh, Zalatoris, who's been knocking on the door for a major uh, right up there. I mean, he was he pushed into a playoff with JT a month ago. He, you know, he's finishing top five and top ten and tied for second on, on major tournaments and showing up. These are the kind of players that the, the PGA bets on, and they win. Those are the kind of things that when you look at your fan base, you want Tiger there. You need Tiger there because, yes, the ratings are phenomenal when Tiger is there. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the PGA existed before that. There was Jack Nicklaus before that. There's Arnold Palmer before that. There will be another golf legend coming out, whether it comes out of the U.S., Japan, Korea, South Africa, wherever it comes from, there is going to be another player like that in our lifetime. Well, and I think the other piece of it, you brought up a good point. We we're talking about the ratings thing. You know, we just saw this week where Apple TV, Apple Plus, just uh, just made a deal with the MLS for $1.5 billion. What we're seeing now is that ratings are never going to be as good as they once were. It's just content now. Now we just need content. And that's what I think the PGA Tour has got to figure out is 
how do they provide the best content and to earn as much of that money as possible? You know, you and I were talking off yeah. before we got on about, you know, that piece of the, you know, the MLS, but then also like the SEC, whether Oklahoma and Texas are going to go early, there's a chance they can because the ESPN contract. And you think about those things and you go, okay, there's so much money out here. The, the NBA is wetting themselves after seeing what MLS yeah. just got because they're next. They're the next league to start getting the TV contracts. They've got Turner. They've got ESPN. Don't be surprised if NBC or CBS tries to get back in that business. But it's not just to put them on TV. It's to get them on Peacock, on ESPN+, Plus, on Paramount+. Plus. They're selling yeah. those services. Uh, do you still have cable? I don't have cable anymore. We cut the cord. I, I do have cable. See, I do going... have cable, and I'll tell you why. Because very often, I if I you know if you, I like having live. I like being able to watch live sports yeah. <laughs> personally on TV. I'm used to it. But the other thing about it is, is that, um, and you're you're talking about TV rights. Well, you're also you know, when we were growing up, we remember those negotiation battles between CBS. NBC, ABC, and Fox over TV rights for various sports. Because for the most part, that's where the, the major sports live. Yeah. Your baseball, your basketball, your football. But now it's not just TV rights. It's streaming rights. It's streaming rights. The streaming you know, and rights. we just saw this. We just saw this with Amazon getting Thursday night football. Yeah. Yeah, that's the coming year. And that's where, like, the MLS thing is huge. It's going to Apple Plus. It's not even going to be on cable. No, no one's. That's the thing, because they're, and when you're on a streaming platform, your platform is more international. You don't have to be a domestic user for this. Yeah. So for me, I have cable, but I get a lot of those services because I have cable. Yeah, that's true. So like I I have, I pay for HBO. I watch HBO. I have HBO. I like watching on TV. I like, you know. But I get HBO Max because I pay for HBO. I don't have to buy HBO Max separately. Yeah, so we and have comparably it's pretty well, much the same cost. Yeah, well, we because we used to we had direct TV for so long, and when we cut direct TV, we realized we were paying for direct TV and all that cost so we can get Sunday ticket. And I actually yeah. figured out that look, it was cheaper for me to just to watch the Saints games that were live on Fox and everywhere else for six out of the eight, six to eight of the 17 games than yeah. go to the bar to watch the rest than it was for what I was paying all year round. But what we did was we went and we got Hulu for live TV. When we get all of our local channels, we get ESPN, we get those things. We have ESPN, but we're Verizon customers, so we get ESPN Plus and Disney Plus for free. And then we have Netflix. Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, We have Netflix, and then we, uh, we have Peacock. And we got Peacock because we, back in the day, had WWE Network, and when they took oh, all yeah, that yeah. content yeah. over, they put it on Peacock, and it was actually cheap. For the first year, yeah. it was only like five bucks a month, where it was ten. It was actually, I think, it was fifteen. So it was I thought you just wanted to watch Friends episodes yeah. again and again and again. No. You know what I, I did watch? I think I told you this. I think I might even said it on here on the podcast. I watched rugby a couple of times, and I was like, man, I hadn't seen this since I was young, and. 
and watched a couple of rugby matches like late night on a Sunday night. I just couldn't sleep because you get hyped watching the Sunday night football game. Everyone in my <laughs> house is going to bed, and I'm like, fuck, I got to watch something. I already missed John Oliver, so now I'm just going to go and watch go watch, and watch something. Yeah. I found rugby on Peacock. So I, I started watching some of that. It and was, there's a, and, and that's rugby's not a big sport here, but there uh, is an audience for that. There is. Well, they, so Peacock did that. They went and got rugby. They went and got one of the major soccer organizations. Um, Paramount Plus has the other one. And they said, hey, we're going to yeah. take this contingent of people. So like Paramount Plus has, you know, they have the NFL because they have a portion of the NFL. So all the CBS yeah. games are on Paramount Plus. Then they get, you know, this particular thing. Then they have the NCAA basketball tournament. They have college basketball. Um, CBS has the SEC for one more season. So that goes to ESPN next year. But you have those things. And, and Paramount's going to end up jumping in. They do have the NFL, you know, the part they have the, the Sunday thing for the NFL. But they'll jump in for either the NBA or for something mm-hmm. like League baseball at some point. Uh, the one that sucks, baseball is the one that's, that's done the worst job. They have two. It's this is funny stuff. This is kind of sports media nerd stuff. They had two packages. They had to gimmick up to sell. So uh, let's, ES, let's they, not get started on the MLB because we've talked about. I think there is a lot wrong with the MLB with the way that they think about the game yeah. and how it's holding them back. You can tell, and that includes things like streaming and TV rights so and all of that. You can tell that they still are living in the past. If you look at 2022 in these last few months, you can tell that Major League Baseball is worried about that now because they had their ESPN package, their Turner package went away completely. Turner just said, we don't want, we're not going to bid for this. Yeah. Their ESPN package, which was three nights a week, is now just Sunday night baseball. And I think they have why do the day. Nobody's watching. They either have Monday or Tuesday night. I don't remember which one. And then they had to put together a package for, for um, Apple TV, which is Friday night and Sunday morning. Now, the Sunday, what was like a one o'clock Eastern game? used to be on TBS. TBS didn't want it because reruns of Friends and the Big Bang Theory was doing better than Major League Baseball. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, it was. The Big Bang Theory was doing better than, yeah. Than, than said, live oh, baseball. We're not going to spend that money. That, and that should tell you something so about Apple baseball TV right took now. It, but what Apple TV did was Apple TV says, we're going to give you the lowest amount of money we can possibly give you. And they they have those games now are super early. They're eleven thirty start times on the East Coast, so it comes on here in the Central ten thirty in the morning. If you're out west, that's nine thirty, and I ain't watching morning. baseball at nine damn thirty. Yeah, and so it's the Yankees, it's the Mets. They haven't had the Red Sox yet, but they will soon. Um, yeah, it's like, and so no one's buying that for that. It's pretty. They do have a. I did watch their. Uh, I hadn't seen their broadcast yet. I did happen to watch Friday night baseball last week because I was watching the Red Sox game and the game ended. I switched over to a different game and it was the Astros. I'm a Bregman guy. So I was watching that and they were on Apple. 
I don't have Apple Plus, but Jen does. So she turned it on. We watched it. And they do something a little different. It, it's, it's not bad. But you can see when they're marketing these games now, they're marketing these guys, these young ballplayers, these young, exciting ballplayers. They're not marketing the old guys. They're not marketing the guys who aren't flipping bats. They're marketing Shohei Otani, the two-way pitcher and hitter. They're, they're not even marketing Mike Trout, the best player. They're marketing Acuna, Soto, Tatis, the guys who are the young, black or Latin, the guys who hit long home runs and flip the bat, and they're exciting, and that's what they're doing to market the game because that's what they have to do to market their game. And they've been the worst out of all the leagues of embracing what's coming, the younger generation, and moving the streaming. The NFL has done the best job, and the NFL has the best ratings. The NFL product is the best product in any entertainment, if you ask me. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. their ratings, if you look, top five ratings of the 2021, four of them are football games. I mean, four of them are football games. It's amazing. And, and people watch. People are going to continue to watch. They're the one sport that the market share is getting bigger in no matter what happens off the field. The NBA is pro putting their programming worldwide, and they don't care about people. They don't even care about people my age anymore. People who are in our age, no. just under 50, no. 45, they don't give a fuck about us. You know who the NBA is marketing to? My son. My son yes. loves the NBA. Loves no, it's their prime, you know, it's, it's, it's 16 to 25. He That's their it. primary demographic. If if there was an NBA team in Kansas City, we would have season tickets. Not because I would go, because I'd go a few times, but because P-Money would want to go constantly. All the time, yeah. You know how many, and, and you know <laughs> me, we are already, we're at the end of June, Ricardo. We've had three months of baseball season. You know how many Royals games have been to this year? I'm going to guess three. Zero. I haven't been to a game yet. Really? I haven't been to a Rose game wow. yet. Wow. now, I'm that right there, If I had in. to, of everything we've said about the MLB, if I had something to take away, there's two things I would say. One, you haven't been to a game yet this year, which is shocking. Yeah. And two, yeah. friends and Bleak Big Bang Theory reruns are getting better ratings, ratings. than the MLB. Yeah. This should tell you something. I, if, I, if I'm an, an, an MLB team owner, I'm looking to say get all the owners together and clear house. You got to figure it out mm -hmm. for the MLB on top because they do not understand their audience anymore. And they haven't for years. They're the last ones getting to the bite of the apple. NFL beat them. NBA beat them. MLS is beating MLS, them. MLS is doing better ratings now and getting bigger contracts than Major League Baseball. Because, and, it, and it, this is not about the sport being more attractive. It's about the business they're running, and they're running MLB into the ground by latching on to ideas from 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. They, yeah. Do, they have not evolved, and they are last at the table. Yeah. And, and you'll so they're getting see, the scraps. You'll see that in, so the broadcasts are completely different now. And, and like I watched watching Sunday Night Baseball a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and they have a of course, everyone's doing their version of the Manning, the Manning cast. And ESPN is yeah. doing one for Sunday night. Baseball. It's awful. It's awful. 
the only reason anyone would watch that A Rod and I can't believe the guy's name. He's the announcer for the Yankees. The only reason anybody would watch that is because they're a Yankee fan. They did it for golf. They did it for golf. They did it for yeah. golf. We're going to see more of that, and we're going to see it. You know, Fox signed Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's going to be the number one announcer. Well, part of that is also his production company is going to do stuff with Fox Sports. He's yeah. going to end up being on Skip Bayless's show once in a while. We're, you know, Peyton Manning, what he did with his Omaha productions and what he did with the Manning cast was so ahead of its time. And it worked. Yes. It worked. And it because, worked. Well, like, and we've talked about this, and I've mentioned it with that one a few times. It's brilliant on Monday Night Football. Now, Monday Night Football is paying Troy Aikman and Joe Buck a lot of money. It's like $20 million each almost starting yeah. this season to go to Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is now a destination like it was when we were kids. And they went and got the best crew. I mean, look, Buck and Aikman are the best. They're, they are better than yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah. some, people, some people like Romo better. I like Aikman a little bit better, but I think Romo's good. Um, and I, I like Buck better than just about everybody. I think Buck's the best ever in play-by-play. Um, <laughs> oh, I do. I think he's absolutely the absolute best of all time because that's a hard fucking job. And he does it yes. seamless. He's incredible. People don't like him here in Kansas City. They think he's a St. Louis guy. He hates the Royals. But um, to me – what people were worried about when they got Aikman and Buck to do Monday Night Football is they said, well, wait a minute, you got the Manning cast. Is the Manning cast going to take eyeballs off of Monday Night Football? And I just went, does it matter? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because here's what You're the number one sport. You've got room to give. Here's what I like about it. I'll watch the Manning cast if I'm not into the game. If the if my New Orleans Saints are playing, I'm not watching the Manning cast because they take away from the yeah. game a little bit. They're having the interview. They've got you know Charles Barkley or someone is doing the interview with him, making a few jokes. I can't focus on that while I'm trying to watch my team. If it was a really good game, let's say it was Chiefs Bills on Monday Night Football, I'm probably not going to watch the Manning cast. Probably, I would probably say, not. I would like to see who the guests were, but, but otherwise, but, you're probably not. Yeah, see, again, that's me. But in your case, you may say, hmm, I'm not a fan of either of those teams. Yeah, that might be a good game. Well, let's see who Peyton and Eli are going to talk to. Because if they've got, you know, um, you know, George Brett coming on for Kansas City and Jim Kelly, and then they throw in Snoop Dogg, Hell, I might watch that instead because you're not into the – I'm going to be looking forward for the Snoop Dogg the game. Again, yeah. and I'm a little different. If I want to watch the nuts and bolts of that game, I will watch the regular broadcast. But if I'm going to just say – I mean, let's say it was – even with Brady playing, let's say it was the Bucks and the Panthers. That's a division game. Could be on Monday Night Football. I'm going to be like, well, let's see what Peyton and Eli are talking. Yeah, and, and the thing there is, it's not about, I do it. Let me put it this way. If it were Chiefs Bills, I'd probably watch the main cast. Mm-hmm. If it's Chiefs Texans, yeah. I'm going to watch the Manning cast. Exactly. 
And here's the thing. It, and and for, for longtime fans of football like us that, that have watched years and years of, of football, I don't need the announcers to tell me every little goddamn thing. No. I can watch the Manning cast, and I'm keeping track with the game. Oh, they threw a flag. It's either a holding or a pass interference or illegal most formation. of the time when you're looking yeah. at those. And, you'll, and, you'll, and you're watching the play. You're watching Manning cast, but you can see the play. You know what they've you yeah. probably know what they're calling. Plus, even if they don't, if you, without the announcers, you're going to get the replay. You're going to see that whatever it is. Yeah, I, it's fine. I, I don't need announcers for every game. Yeah, I think that the Manning cast was so innovative. We've already seen it with uh, with golf. Now we saw it yeah. was was it Joe Buck doing doing golf. You know, and uh, yeah, it was them, and uh, I would try to remember the cat. They had a long time veteran caddy. It's uh, the caddy who from was the other guy. Easy I'm trying to remember guy. his name. I, I know who you're talking about. He's, yeah, he's. But he's, I mean, he and he was really good. He has. I a watched podcast. it. I wanted to see what it was like. Yeah, he has a podcast. Has podcast and I, I was yeah. working. I, I, it was on during the day, and I had it while up while I was working. And you know, he knew his stuff. You could tell that you know, you know, if you didn't even if you didn't know who he was. He was calling out shots. He was calling out, hey, this is why they're throwing this. Yeah, Here's Michael what Collins. they're talking about. He knew that. Yeah, thank you. Michael That's Collins, his name. Yeah. He's actually really good. So he was explaining the game in a way that an announcer on the regular broadcast wasn't going to. He was giving yeah. insight, which is not common in golf. Yeah. So there was an entertainment value there for golf fans. Is well, that as big as the NFL fans? No. No. But they're not throwing the budget at that either. They're, it's you know, It's a... It's not another channel on TV. Yeah. It's a streaming broadcast. Yeah. And the thing about Michael Collins also is he's fucking funny. And he's, he's funny, yeah. Entertaining. You know, it was like in the 90s, we had Gary McCord calling golf. And Gary McCord yeah. was hilarious. Uh, but Michael Collins, if you've seen him, he does stuff for ESPN. He has a podcast on ESPN. It's Manny and the Caddy. It's hilarious. And he's great. Yeah. And, and ESPN put him on. They're going to put him and Joe Buck on. They're going to do more stuff like that. Um, Buck, the, the, honestly, the I could have done without Buck. Buck. Buck was out, of, <laughs> was out of his depth. He was like, all he does was teeing up him. He really, he I would have liked, to, you know who I would have liked to have opposite Collins was Faraday. Yeah. Oh, David Faraday. I would have liked Faraday yeah. opposite him to give that, that, that back and forth chemistry because Joe Buck was kind of vanilla. Yeah. Well, and Buck, he wasn't Buck is the point guard. Buck is the guy who, this is why I think Buck is so good. That job, and I've done it at a lower level with, with Tyler Jones. Tyler's excellent, and Tyler's going to end up being one of those guys, I think, at some point. You've got a producer talking to you in your head. You've got an analyst standing next to you. You know you've got a live read, and you've got to get in and out of commercials, plus you've got the play going on. Now, I've called football with Tyler. Tyler's trying to get describe the play, get me to analyze the play. I've got 10 seconds to analyze it. Then we got to kick a live read in. And meanwhile, the guy who's producing us is saying, don't forget to do this. Don't forget this. Hey, Tyler, do this. Hey, Brian, don't forget that. And we're like, at some point, we're just like, we're kicking him out of our headsets. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but man, that, and it's even harder. At Fox, where they got instant replays, the spotter, everything else. 
you know, you got yeah, that's a talent you had to talk. develop. You got 10 people talking to you. Now, the analyst oh, yeah. has only got two or three. The analyst has got the guy next to him, the producer, and maybe the spot. You know, maybe the and and, and, and in fairness. Yeah, that's a hard job, and I get, it, Joe Buck does it really well. The problem is, is that as a viewer, I don't care that he's got ten people in his ear. I'm just watching no. the two of you. But if, if you watch Joe Buck, he does it seamlessly. He does it better than everybody else. He's just better True. at it. People don't like Joe Buck because one, he got those jobs at Fox. He was really young because he's Jack Buck's son. Jack Buck was the yeah. longtime uh, baseball guy on CBS. He was he did NFL. He was the voice of the Cardinals for a generation. People thought he didn't earn it. And then, like locally in Kansas City, they don't like Joe Buck because whenever he's called Royals games on Fox, especially a couple of World Series years, he they mm-hmm. felt like he was being overly critical. And I heard Joe Buck talk about that one time, and he said, look, if you're watching the Royals on Fox Sports and you're listening to Ryan Lefevre and um, um, Wonder Dog, Rex Udler, you listen to them, well, they're talking great about the Royals, even though the Royals are the shittiest team in Major League Baseball right now. Even though they got sure. 15 or 20 wins, they're talking about their players and their team, and they'll shout out, you know, they're playing the Angels, and Otani's throwing a great game. They're going to say, hey, this guy's incredible. But they're going yeah. to talk about their people. And so when you watch that, you watch it for a 100 of the games per year, you're used to them only talking about your team. And then you watch him in the World Series, and he spends half the time on the Royals and half the time on the Mets. And you go, well, how come you're talking about the Royals the whole game? I'm talking about the Mets. Yeah. He's not. It's not a Royals broadcast. This is not the Royals radio show. And so that's. And people get like that. People get like that. And it's the same that people don't like. Chiefs fans don't like Tony Romo. And I'm like. Can't imagine why. Oh, my God. Tony Romo's great. And Tony Romo's very fair. He he does his job very well. It's a hard job. But when you hear Mitch Holt is. Kansas City touchdown, you know, touchdown, Kansas City. You hear that broadcast. It's Mitch Holtis, yes. all Chiefs all the time. Of course you're not going to like the national guy. It's only talking about your team for half the game. So Mm -hmm. that's where I give Joe Buck a lot of leniency and people don't. And when it comes back to our thing about the Manning cast and how they did the one with Buck and Michael Collins, they're doing the one on baseball right now. The baseball one's bad because they chose a bad person. They chose Alex Rodriguez, who was yeah. good. Alex Rodriguez was really good on Sunday night baseball, calling the game in a three-person booth. They had him, um, I can't remember who the play-by-play guy was now. They had a couple of them, and then they had, uh, God, I can't think of her name, Jessica Mendoza. Jessica Mendoza was great. And A-Rod was great. But when you got A-Rod trying to be personable for three hours, he's not that not personable. Not for three hours. Oh, God. He's, but I've seen interviews with him on talk shows, and he's he, not. He, he, he can't carry for three hours. He no, can barely he, carry for 10 minutes. He's trying so hard to rehabilitate his image because he wants to get in the Hall of Fame so bad. Um, sure. But there's no baseball player. Like, 
the one guy that Major League Baseball could probably do, that ESPN could hire to do that job, might be Derek Jeter. But I don't think Derek Jeter would want that job, and I'm not sure he'd be that interested. I mean, yeah. it's just like I don't know how interesting Tom Brady's going to be in the booth. But he doesn't have to be great. You know, honestly, only got to be in the booth. I, yeah, I think you put him in the booth, and I think they eventually create a a Brady cast with yeah. him and Gronk. Well, and it, have, it, just like ESPN does it. So when a Fox yeah. has a game, they put it on an FS1. Well, Brady's going to And they be, do a Brady cast. They've already said Brady's going to be the number one announcer. He's the number one guy when he comes over. You don't pay the guy $37 million without him being the number one guy. So they're paying be, him because he's Brady. He'll be like, yeah. And he's, he's going to be, be good up front. Yeah. Yeah. He'll find his footing on that. The question is, what do you do with him once he finds it? Do you leave him in the booth or do you try to do him a Brady cast? No. And I think that they're going to try that. Well, I they think they're going to experiment with it at least. Well, that was the thing is that it's been brought up. Could CBS and Fox do a Manning cast type of thing? As of right now, they can't. It's not allowed in their contract. They don't have a set alone time. Like they have to alternate that 3.30 and 4.05 game. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, they, because, yeah, they don't you have know, a set yeah, alone they... time like Monday Night Football does, like Sunday Night Football does. See, uh, NBC fired uh, or let Drew Brees go. I guess it was mutual. But um, Drew Brees, they could have done it with Brees. They could have done it because they could do it on a standalone game. They should have taken Drew Brees and Sean Payton and put them with somebody else and had those two guys yeah. talking about games. It would have been great. Um, the one guy in baseball that I think would be funny to do it is David Ortiz. But I don't know if Big Poppy's going to want to do it, and I don't know that he could carry it for three hours. Baseball's so long, and you don't yeah, get that's, the breaks the way you do football. You don't get the the big quarter break, the big halftime break, that kind of thing. You've only got between innings. You've only got three minutes. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think it'd be difficult. I think that what if they're going to do a Manning cast of baseball, a Manning cast of the NBA. The NBA would be fantastic. Just hire Magic Johnson. Yeah, you hire Magic. You hire Magic, or you hire you, you guessed you guessed Jordan in there from time to time because he he's Jordan. He can't, he's an owner. He's an owner. He can't do. It. But, oh yeah, um, he can't. He, I forgot about that. Yeah. But uh, no, you another guy you that do I do because you you do it as an interview. You don't actually yeah. have him host. You bring they, him on as a guest. They tried it for the NBA All Star Game, and it was pretty good. They had Shaq and Barkley. Yeah. Well, there and there's great. two right there. That's pretty good. Yeah. So and the two of like, them together is is. I made the comment. It's entertainment. Good. It's not yeah. good. It's just I, entertainment. Have you ever watched their show, the this the Inside the NBA? I catch bits and pieces only. It's the, the best. You know, I catch clips here and there. It's the best post game show. But the funniest thing to me about it, and I said this a few weeks ago, and Ellen was like, "What?" And then she told me a couple weeks later, she's like, "You were kind of right." Um. Shaq yeah. doesn't know shit about basketball. He only and I <laughs> yeah. look. I love Shaquille O'Neal, LSU guy. He's a legend. Love Shaquille yeah, O'Neal, but he only knows how he played basketball. And it was funny. I got the opinion because I was watching it, and it's like he he brings in his own career often, and then. I'm watching one of the playoff games and I'm watching inside the NBA before on the pregame show. 
and they're talking about the game, and they they turn it over to Shaq, and they say, Shaq, what do you think is going to happen in the game tonight? Well, you know, if I was playing this game, this is what I would do, and yada, yada. And, he, and again, I love Shaq. And I'm sitting there going, well, they're not going to do that because they don't have Shaq on their team. They kick it to Barkley, and they go, Charles, what do you think? He goes, I completely disagree with you, Shaq. <laughs> and he was like, and here's why. And he basically says, hey, they don't have Shaquille O'Neal on their team. They got this. And it was about the sum yeah. in the playoffs. He was like, well, they don't have this. They've got this. This is what they'll try to do. And it was like, see, that's the analyst. He's telling the truth. He's, he's not just saying, hey, I'm here. Shaq gets paid more than Barkley because he's short. He's a big name. Now, Brady obviously knows football, but will that communicate? Will that be something? I mean, Joe Montana was on NBC, if you remember, was on the NBC pregame show after he retired. He was awful. He oh, he was god awful. Communicate. Hall of Fame quarterback. He was great. awful one of the, in the booth. One of the three or four greatest of all, greatest of all time. And but couldn't really communicate. And I wonder about Brady that way. I do think Brady will be fine. But I think he's going to be fine. I think so too. And I think they're going to put him on that number one crew. But like Greg Olson's on the number one crew this year. Greg Olson's really, really good last year. And that's yes. and, and that's too. you don't know until you get there. But if I had to guess on Brady, if I did, I don't know. People are shooting off fireworks. Oh. Um, no, no. If I had to bet based on just personality from public image and, and interviews he's done, I think Brady's going to be just fine in the booth. I think they do. A, I, I do think they're going to do a Brady cast getting back to that. I think it'll be a streaming thing. It won't be on television because then that staggered uh, scheduling works in a streaming sense without having to, to impose on another channel yeah. or FS1 or FS2, whatever it, it is, is for Fox. Yeah. I think it'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I think this is going to work out for him and the and, and the broadcast. And and we'll be talking about this just like we talk about, you know, Romo and Aikman and, and all those guys. I think he fits just fine into that yeah. to that scene. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, and we're, we're going to see how this season goes. But it, it was interesting to see with the whole live tour and what all's happened there. And the P, it shows where the PGA has kind of got some some cracks in the dam. And then we just saw what MLS did. And it's like, wow, we know the NBA is up next and they're going to get a monster deal because they are yeah. worldwide popular. NBA draws yes. big numbers yes. outside this country. And, and it's all about the streaming. These yeah. The contract money draw. is in the, in, in who has the content, because if you have the content, that's where the subscriptions yeah. are going to go. Yeah, that's your Hulu. That's your Apple. That's your Amazon. Netflix, Disney Plus is a little bit less there for like TV and sports broadcasts. But when you start talking about your your live TV and your sports, yeah. you know that's big money because then you're also reaching a larger audience and you're not having to fight, um, you know, for broadcast time. Yeah, you're not schedule dependent. Yeah. If you have the money, you need to buy the Portland Trailblazers right now. Because they're for sale. <laughs> and they're cheaper than buying an enemy an NFL team. And they ain't gonna have one of those come up for a couple of years. And 
brother, man, if you can get the money, let's go ahead and buy the Trailblazers. We can move the Trailblazers to Kansas City. I actually we ought to move them. You say that, and I keep remembering the the rumors from like about 15 years ago when Kansas City was up to get an NBA team. They, they yeah, they got used by every hockey team and every every, <laughs> every team NBA used team. Kansas City. Like, if you don't, we're going to go to Kansas we're gonna go City. To, we're going to go to the Sprint Center, and then. No yeah, they, they. I mean, that was the whole attraction of the Sprint Center. It was brand new, and brand they were like, new. "Let's get in. You know, let's build this. We'll use it for yeah. other things, but we, we could get an NBA tenant. team if we build it. They will come. They didn't come. They didn't get the. They didn't get the anchor tenant. But it's still a great facility. They got a lot of good stuff there. They do. They, oh yeah. The thing they did was smart when they didn't get an anchor tenant is that it's run by AEG, which runs the staple. Like it's not Staples anymore. It's Crypto.com yeah. Center, whatever they call it now. Um, but their deal is like for concerts, if you play there, you got to also play at T-Mobile Center. Yeah. So, yeah. So we get lots of good concerts <laughs> here, which is kind of nice. I mean, we went to Elton John earlier this year and then a lot of the big acts that used to not come to Kansas City are all coming here now. So it's a nice arena. It is a nice arena. So brother, man, I appreciate you sitting in on us here this week, coming in. I'm going to let you go here for a bit and uh, I'm going to uh, bring my boy in and see what, see how this works. So, uh, yeah, cause we're at time, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I just know it's going to be one of those marathons because it's you and me and then I bring Peyton in and yeah, luckily I've already recorded Peyton's part. So I'll, I'll yeah, you're, you're only allowed to do it within me once we a quarter today, because and, he of was it. Great. and it's only about 30 minutes, me and him. So, but he was pretty awesome. I was really proud of my dude. I'm looking uh, for, I'm so looking forward to hearing it. I really and do. We're going to be back on, on uh, Monday as well. So, um, Hey, but I appreciate you coming in. I'm going to get this uh, recorded up and then get everything over to Tyler and put it all together and, uh, and get this squared away. So I appreciate you coming. Uh, you're never a stranger. We are going to have the Star Wars draft. I just, I'm waiting. My dude, Barry. I wasn't going to say anything because you keep teasing it. My, my dude, Barry Kingery, is trying to finish a house flip he's working on. And my man is like like three weeks behind. And he's just trying to get it done. And my main man, I just, I told him, I was like, I ain't going to pressure you into this. So as soon as he's available, we're going to have you and me and him. I think Henri is coming in. And I can't figure who the fifth is. I think Ellen's going to come in too. So Ellen's in this, yeah. I think we're going to try to do like a Sunday night and record that for a Monday night. So we're working on that. I got to um, I got to catch up and watch Bubba Fett. I got to watch The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm so far behind. I did get to watch Obi Wan Kenobi. Did we talk about Obi Wan Kenobi yet? We have not. That's oh a, that's God. we have gone this long. We still haven't talked about it. Right, we're gonna make it quick on Obi Wan Kenobi because I did watch Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, when this comes out, the the season ending of Obi Wan Kenobi will be released on Wednesday. This is Thursday. This will come out Friday. So, um, what are your overall takes? Positive, negative? What do you think of Obi Wan Kenobi? I, I will. I I said it before the first episode that I was super excited had been since the rumors started a decade ago about it. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan is easily the best thing in the, in the prequel trilogy. I have, I I absolutely just adore what he's done. I think he's an incredible actor. I think he brings it to the table and he did. I, I watched, I finished this series. 
I loved every episode. I thought he was. I thought he was great. I loved the the way they, the actress, and the the portrayal of the young Leia. I thought was excellent. I thought was the actress did an amazing job with it. She, she was, was absolutely adorable. adorable. She was on point and save for you know across the entire episode, all, all six episodes, save for a little bit here and there, just the tiniest little things. It's nitpicking in my opinion. You know, I thought this was done excellent i thought the acting was done i thought you know for whatever people's gripes are i think they're just taking it too much and just realizing that they just need to immerse themselves into this i loved it all every episode i I loved it all i thought every episode was great you know you got me i'm watching the the first two episodes came out the first day so i'm watching them now all at once yeah and they did two episodes and they did two and then one and one the last four weeks and so i watched episode one and two and i'm like that's all all we get i could have watched yeah. all six in a row it was and then i watched episodes three and four and i went that's all i want to watch more and then when last week came out and i think it was gonna be episodes five and six and it wasn't <laughs> it was just episode five and i was like no like Darth vader and i was like god damn it <sighs> and so i made sure wednesday night i had time and watched episode six it was even better than I thought it was going to be. And they didn't yeah. have to rush to wrap the whole thing up. So often no, you see didn't. them drag the beginning out and in the end is like boom, 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 boom. And it's like, wait a minute. We, don't, we, 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 we went too fast. But they didn't. It was yeah. well paced yeah. through the whole six episodes. You could watch all six of them or you could split it up into two, three episodes or three, two hour, however you want to do it. But it's so well paced. And I think this is the best thing I've seen yeah. since the original trilogy. And oh, yeah. Since the original trilogy, probably, uh, I would throw this up there with the original trilogy uh, and probably Rogue One as a I, really good movie. I do like Rogue One quite. As a Rogue really good movie. I thought Rogue One is one of the best movies since the original the movie. movies. Yeah. Yeah. But here's here's the thing about this series with with Kenobi, and I'll and I'll and I'm, and I'm going to give a little bit of credit because they kind of broke the the template here was the Snyder cut, where you have this basically extended movie, mm-hmm. and that's what you could watch all six Kenobi episodes back to back to back as one long six hour yes. movie, and that and, and and what you've done is just taken that movie and cut it up into six parts, very much like when you watch if you watch the Snyder cut of Justice League. Part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, part six. Yeah. It's broken up into chapters for you to consume. You can consume it all at once or in parts, and it works. The pacing is right. It the characters are well developed. You get. It's not like we didn't already know Kenobi, but we had to know him again, where he was in this point in time, it, and the world that he's living in. That was, and they did the, it well. Yeah, the one of the things they did really well was also showing you the scenes from the other movies to fill in the parts to make sure that even if you haven't seen episodes one, two, and three, and you didn't see episode three and understand what happens between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, they show you just enough of it to get you to understand. Yeah, They're not explaining it. They're saying, hey, we're talking about this here. This is why if you haven't seen episode three, 
that's where this is coming from. Go watch episode three, and you'll understand the rest of what's going on, the motivation, the scene, the, the emotions. It's coming. And if you have seen them, and you're in, like, the, the, the generation behind this who didn't grow up on the original trilogy, got the prequel trilogy as their kind of introduction, right. these things are tapping into your heartstrings. These things are saying, see, you know this thing you're a big fan of? And, and it opened up this whole Star Wars universe to you. We're going to make you realize that all of this is tied together. That's and we're going, to, we're going to tap into those heartstrings. You know, you know, one of the things, and I think that Star Wars has been a little bit guilty of this at times. And I think that, I think Marvel has been guilty of this at times too. Is because they're doing so much, there's so much money to be made. They're throwing so much content that sometimes... I don't want to say they dumb it down. I don't think that's what it is at all. They make it where they could be a little more edgy, but they don't, so that they don't upset certain people, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. not that this did by any means. This wasn't dumbed down or the violence wasn't lessened and it wasn't horrible. It was done so well that... Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Man, I thought this was the best thing I've seen in Star Wars. I think you're right. I think since Rogue One, this is the best thing I've seen. I mean, I've always said that my favorite, <laughs> yeah. my favorite of the movies is Empire Strikes Back and Rogue One. And then the original Star Wars, Episode Four. Those are my three favorites. Yeah. The the last three, yeah, they were okay. The prequels, again, they were okay. I like Episode Three. I like the darker stuff, so that helps. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't like episode six at all. I like the parts, the beginning where they get Han out of the, you know, the Jabba's hut, but all the stuff with the, when, sure, they yeah, yeah. the, when the little uh, Ewoks came out, you lost that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, um, but you, they didn't try to make this just the, where the kids would be able to watch. It. And so many times with Star Wars, with Marvel, they, put certain things in just for kids enjoyment and i really never felt that way about any of this i didn't there were stuff in there for kids to enjoy the leia character sure. the little girl is adorable the leia character was great but it, i would say even less the leia character her little droid luna that's your that's kids the thing that's for the kids that's the part that's for the kids that's for the kids but it wasn't done where you'd go oh well, that should been there sometimes you see some of those things and you go well, what the fuck was that for that was just the like, gotcha yeah this. but it was tied yeah. in to the, to the actual deal you know it's like okay this was actually part of the story and they did yeah. that right and they did it right twice in particular in my view yeah so, i give a lot of credit for 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 what star wars is doing now and doing it well um I give a lot of credit to Dave Filoni for what he, how he's guiding this. And I think, I think you're absolutely right on that. It's not made for kids. It is kid friendly and that kids can watch it. But I thought, but you know, as a kid growing up with these movies, the original trilogy, that's what I loved about it is that it was there and relatable and I could understand it, but it wasn't made for me. It was just made for an audience. It wasn't made for any one age group. And I think that's uh, that, like in the prequel trilogy, and then when Lucas redid the remastered the original trilogy, 
that's what he was, you know, he did a lot of things way more that was kind of unfamiliar because he was tapping into a, trying to tap yeah. into a younger generation. Especially and I did not like it. I, that was my biggest gripe with the original, with the prequel trilogy is that it, it did not remain honest to what Star Wars was meant to be, which was a story for any age. Yeah, I agree. And it was not, it, 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 it tried to much to do that. Yeah, it's Shakespeare. I think what they're doing now, what they've done with uh, Boba Fett, what they did with Mandalorian, what and what they're doing with Mandalorian, what they've done with this Kenobi series, okay. is to address these things from the same vein. Uh, it's not about any one age group; it's any age group. This is the story. Yeah, are we? And I love it. Are they leaving this to where they're going to have a second season of this? The story is not. Uh, set up it, for this was this was this was set up as a limited series. Yeah. Now there's been a lot of speculation about the possibility of a season two. One has not been announced, and I think they won't even consider it until this kind of you know the hype of this and the numbers come in, yeah. and then you know it becomes a negotiation of, yeah. well, if we do it, what's the story? Where do we go from here? It needs to be this. It needs to be that. And you need to get the actors back. You got to get you and McGregor back because it's his character. You can't do it without Ewan McGregor. If Ewan McGregor says no, then it's not going to happen. Do you have Darth Vader in it? Do you have uh, Luke in it? Does you know at the we finish? Okay, I'm not gonna not to not to spoil. I'm not spoiling anything. But how the the this final episode ends, you know, that leaves a story in there. But where does everyone else fit in that story? If yeah, you know what I you know what I mean. It's a new arc with a different character. You're it's right. a new arc. It's a new yeah. adventure. So you're, you know, this puts a, this was centered around kind of tying the strings of these main characters between bridging movies. Yeah. You know, very much between episodes three and four, we're talking about a story that exists in the middle and it ties these strings very nicely, yeah. but there's absolutely possibility. And it has been done. So in the animated series is, where Obi-Wan is in there and there is a story to be told. There are things that happen, but what is that story going to be if they go to a, if they do another run at this? Yeah. And that's, I think it has to meet a certain kind of quality. And I don't think they're going to, one, I don't think they have that idea yet. I don't think they've grinned. You know, I think Disney would be like, Oh, we absolutely want a season two and everybody else is going to say, but what's it going to be? Yeah. And you have to answer that question first. So, so, I don't think if they do another series of Kenobi, I don't think it's a season two. I don't think it happens next year because we don't know. But they could do a future Kenobi series in two or three years once they have a story fully developed and they know how it fits into the rest of the universe. I, I was thinking at the end of this, and again, I'm trying to give away a spoiler here. We'll wait another week till we do that. But um, there's some stuff with Darth Vader. It made me start thinking... You could do a limited series on Darth Vader here, either starting here or between the Empire Strikes Back and um, uh, Return of the Jedi, where he's wrestling with the Anakin Skywalker um, Darth Vader piece. Possibly, possibly. What they, what I, what I have heard that could come of this would be an Inquisitor series. Okay. With Darth, and Darth Vader could be in that because he technically leads that. I mean, they're they're under his command. Yeah. 
and that, so and that's a, that actually you know the, when you talk about like the Grand Inquisitor and all that happened there and the rest of the Inquisitors are there, that's there's a, there is a desire to see that story from a darker side, yeah. and their involvement in Jedi hunting and what who and and that's something else that they could talk about here is what other Jedi's are out there that because we saw one in the first episode, yes. In the very first episode, there was a, a Jedi on the run. Did we know him? Is he a known Jedi yeah, to the to the masses? Not really. But there are those characters that exist in this world that survived the Order 66. And there was a lot of speculation in the, in the Mandalorian series on who might be there. Ahsoka Tano showed up in that series. That's not a spoiler. It's already there. But those are the kind of stories where you could bring in Inquisitors. And there is going to be an Ahsoka series. That's in production. They they are shooting that. It, that's happening. So there's always that story that can be told from an Inquisitor side, chasing a Jedi, chasing Force-sensitive and what they do, and, and that interaction with Vader. There's a lot of possibility there, but it always it always comes down to what is the story and where does it sit. Oh, what I think that can be there. I think there's enough there to be done there for a whole series. The Reva character... Uh, could have its own series. I, I know that she's yeah, gotten a lot of kind of hate about that. I think it's bullshit. Go fuck off if you can't stand this shit. You're wrong. I, I, I but like her there's a series that could happen out of that. Yeah, where she's got to kind of how her story has well. ended. Yeah, I think now she's got to kind of plot like like came from Kung Fu. You know, she's you know walking the world. Yeah, what happens. You know, um, yeah. I want to see. Let's go. Let's go early and let's have a Mace Windu. Six parter, you know, from between like episodes one and two. Give me something. Give me some Sam Jackson. That, uh, there is that. That was covered in Clone Wars. So you you haven't watched the animated animated show. Clone Wars and Rebels yeah. deals with that. So it doesn't that. have Samuel. But there there is there remains speculation that he may not have died at the end of episode three, yeah, right. just because he you know he was thrown off the roof, but that doesn't mean he died. We didn't see a body. And that's always the thing with these kind of shows and this kind of universe, MCU, DC, you know, whatever it is that you're a fan of that has like Harry Potter, whatever it is, no body, no guarantee they're dead. That's all. It's been a long time rule for, you know, for many, many, many years. Right. Nobody, no guarantee. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows. Uh, we're going to get out of here on that. So I appreciate it. <laughs> we had to get Obi-Wan Kenobi in there. I really enjoy it. I, I'm we not, had to include you, it. It was. I'm not the good. huge Star it Wars fan anymore. I like Star Wars. I've never done any of the animated stuff, and I've never even seen really like any of the second season of the Mandalorian. I've only seen like half the first season. I had to go back and start it all over again, and I haven't seen any of Bubba Fett. But I will go back and see those before we do a draft. Um, but I uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that going, and uh, I enjoy it, and I really like. I thought it was really good. I think Ian McGregor was, was incredible. So, and, and the little girl was just fucking adorable the entire time. I was and like, she was, and it wasn't patronizing, not could, at all. You, I, you know, you could like as you got to see her, in, you could believe. Yeah, Leia, the little boy who was Anakin in the prequel, in the first one. I thought he was. I was like, oh, this fucking kid's terrible, but. This little girl was was adorable. She was great. So, all right, we're gonna he get was out of spot here. on. I I love everything they did. Yep. Yeah. My main man. Jimmy Always Spencer. a pleasure, man. I love coming on here. We just 
Can't yeah. do it that often Definitely. otherwise. Yeah. It's a marathon yeah. every week. Yeah. So appreciate you. I will see you in person next month. I'll be out your way. Yep. I will talk about that in the offline here in a minute. So uh, thanks for coming yeah. in. Thanks for filling in for Ellen this week. And uh, I will uh, chat with you soon. All right, we're going to welcome in a special guest making his first appearance on the Coach Bo Knows podcast. The man, the myth, the legend. My son. I named him Peyton. Everybody else calls him P Money. P Money. Hello. How are you doing today? Doing good, you know. You, you, you in trouble today? No. No, no. You were earlier. It's earlier. All right. Well, hey. Well, look, uh, P Money and I, this is, we're getting this out on Friday. So we're going to Forbidden Door, AEW Forbidden Door, a little late birthday present for you here on Sunday. Yep. You excited? Yes, very. I, I'm only in this because you're making me do this. Yep. And this exactly. is going to be some outlaw mud show bullshit at this fucking Man, show. It's going to be something. That's all I know. All right. We're going to talk about, we're going to do a little quick preview. We're going to talk about some of the things that happened on Dynamite on Wednesday. And then we'll talk a little bit of NBA draft. Now, we're recording this on Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday. I'm sorry. This is Thursday. Yeah, today's Thursday. So the draft tonight. is tonight. Draft's tonight. So when you hear this, the draft will have already happened. Yes, sorry. So we're going to talk a little bit about the draft, and then I might come on and do a little something later, you know, see what we're talking about. We might talk about that on Monday. Yep. But um, we've been looking at these uh, mock drafts here, P-Money. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you think it's going to be Jabari Smith from Auburn, number one, right? I do. I've been saying that's the best fit. And he, like, he's, is he the best player in this draft? I would say he is. Right. I think it's close to him and Paul Baker from Duke. It's one of those two. You know, we didn't know who Jabari Smith was last year. And now he's coming in after a great year at Auburn. He's going to be the first pick, we think. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's pretty overwhelming. He's going to be the first pick now. You like that Paolo Banchero? I like Paolo Banchero from Duke. Banchero. I like him a ton. He's the one with Duke. Yes. He's, uh, I would say, the best player in the draft if Jabari Smith wasn't in the draft. So, um, we've also seen Chet Holmgren, someone who's been popped up. we got Bleacher Report's final mock draft here as we're talking about this. Now, you and I were talking, and you said you like the top five players in this draft. I do. Um, I think it's going to be in that order. I think it's going to be Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren. Paulo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, and Keegan Murray, in that order. And I said, I don't know much about Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray, and I said, I don't trust anybody from Purdue or Iowa. I, Jaden Ivey's a legit deal. I think he might, he's kind of like a Marcus Smart, I would say, in a way. Really? But I think he's, be- I think he's better right now than when Smart was in college. Okay, all right. So what is a, um, what's a comparable for Keegan Murray then? This one's tough because I didn't watch a whole lot of Iowa basketball this year for a good reason. Well, yeah. I mean, who, who, why, who the fuck watches Iowa basketball? Right. But I think for me, when I got to watch him a little bit, he's not fully a Kevin Durant, but he can score a Kevin Durant. You mentioned to me, we are talking off before we got out, he's got the same body type. He's seven foot and thin. That's Holmgren. That's Holmgren. Joe Holmgren okay. seven one, skinny as all heck. Okay. Now, is he playing, but he's playing center? Yes, which I don't think he will do well in the league if he is playing center. So is he a back-to-the-basket kind of center, or is he he's, more of a front-you-up kind of guy? Perimeter-wise, he can shoot, he can defend. Oh, so he's a new school center. Yes, he's a new school. 
Which I think will, I think don't think it will help him get certain bigs into his league. I see. All right. I just don't know about that Keegan Murray because when was the last time you watched an NBA game and went, hey, that dude from Iowa can play? Right? We don't know. You know, same thing with the dude from Purdue. Now, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of dudes I got my eyes on. You, you were telling me you like Johnny Davis. I do. I love Johnny Davis. I want him in New Orleans. Yeah. Now, I said I don't like Johnny Davis because he's in that Taco Bell commercial. And I don't trust anybody that wants to rep Taco Bell. That's true. That's good. And I love these days. So, um, but I, I and then uh, we both saw that, you know, Ochai Abaji yep. was looking like he was going to go at the tail end of the lottery. Yep. He's invited to the drafts. So yes. They I, think he'll be up there. He's definitely going lottery, I would say, at least. And what would surprise me, you know, the Knicks, Knicks are, what, 11 in this draft? Yeah. I can see them moving up to the top four and getting a Jaden Ivey. Now, I saw something about the Knicks wanting to move up, and I saw something about the Thunder wanting, the to, move Thunder wanting to move up. Could the, well. th- could Thunder want to get three or four so they could get uh, Ivey with Homer? Okay. okay. Which would be a which would win the draft if they do get one or two, get two okay. of those. Now, I was looking, we were kind of joking around about some of this stuff, and. I saw one of the guys, and I, I don't know a lot of these players. I don't watch a lot of college basketball. And this one was Usman Dieng from New Zealand. And I said, wait a minute now. We got to check this motherfucker out. And then when I pulled up his Google, I saw pictures of this guy. And I was like, oh, no. oh he's from the suburbs. <laughs> he's from the New Zealand suburbs. You can just tell by looking at him and Nate the next Ben Simmons. Oh, man, that's... If you're comparing the next Ben Simmons, that's either a really good thing or a bad thing. Well, you know, as an LSU guy... Fuck Ben Simmons. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't we don't care much for Ben Simmons on this podcast. That dude's been overrated from the jump street. Uh, well, tell me about what's going to go on my man Terry Terry Eason from LSU. Man, That's my guy. I feel like it, it depends on where he goes. And, you know, the Beach Report has him going to what? 17, 17 to the Rockets. Oh, that'd be a good fit. Because they just traded Christian Wood away. Okay. Oh, that'd be good. All right. And then we were we were joking around. The other dude I'm looking at because I'm always looking for my you know my my Eastern Bloc guys. Yep. You know, Nikola Jovic. Yes. Not to be confused with Jokic. Nope. Not the two. Not the back to back rating MVP. No. And so this dude, we pulled this dude up and looked him up, and we were like, he's 19. He's from Serbia. Uh, he just looks like one of these guys. We just ain't gonna mess with. We got him pulled up here. Six eleven. 223, he just turned 19. Yes. And he's been playing pro ball in Serbia since he was 16. Hey, good for him. And Get that experience. 6'11", seven foot wingspan. Uh, you know, I just, I don't mess around with these Serbians, man. I'm telling you, this is going to be someone, someone's going to take this dude and they're going to have a star. I agree. I agree 100%. And I don't know. I think that's one of those guys I look at and go, okay, all right. And he ends up, if you end up, like we saw him here, what did we see? We saw him going to the Spurs at 25 Yeah. on the Bleacher Report mock. Which, I just steal the draft. If you, you, go, if you get back in that late 20s, you're going to a good team. Yeah. And you know how the Spurs are every year. Yeah. Yeah, they're no playoffs first time in 22 years. It's Greg Popovich. Yeah. He will make you a star. Yeah. The other one I thought was fun was because it's Kansas. Yep. And because then also it's the champs. Yep. Was Bleacher Reports got the Warriors taking Christian, Christian Brown. And talk about a fit. Man, 
if, if we expect, and I expect Jordan Poole to get his extension. Jordan Poole will get his $25 million a year extension mm-hmm. from the Warriors. I don't know if he does, if that helps Christian. Because okay. they, they're going to have too many guards. Because you got to do a Poole, Steph Curry, Damian Lee still coming back healthy now. Mm-hmm. You still have Clay, you still got Wiggins. Yeah. Where's the room for, for Christian Brock? Because you still have Moses Moody when he's healthy next year. Okay. When they just drafted in last year's draft. Okay. James Wiseman. If this Warriors team had James Wiseman, that final matchup is not going to six games. Really? I think the Warriors in five. That, that's why I bring you in on the NBA. You are our <laughs> go-to NBA guy. This is great. I love this. I should have been bringing you in for the last couple of weeks because we disagreed on the finals. Yeah, no. You picked the Warriors. I picked, I, the, I picked the Warriors. Cause I, I, I officially picked the Warriors in seven, but yeah. I said after three games, I said the Celtics were going to win. No, I, I knew the hey, Warriors and Steph Curry. He's yeah. talking three top five best so, players in the world. Yeah, so all right, we'll get off the draft for a minute. Let's talk a little basketball for a minute. Cool. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the Warriors just won the NBA title. Yep. In Steph's place in history now. Man. So let me ask, I'm going to, we're going to set it aside this way. Okay. We're going to rank kind of our, in our heads, this is not going to be official. Okay. We're going to take all the centers out. Okay. So we're going to take Russell and Chamberlain. And Shaq. And Shaq and Olajuwon. And Kareem. And Kareem out. out. Because so it's so hard. Yeah, because you look at those five, it. That's five of the best ten players in the history yes, of the game. absolutely. But those positions don't play that way now. No, unfortunately. So let's take those guys out. Okay. And we talk about just the guys. The We're comparing the LeBrons, the Magics, the, the Michael Jordans. The Kobe's. The, the Kobe's, the okay. Larry Birds, Kevin Durant, those kind of guys. Yeah. Is Steph a top ten guy to you? Yes, I think he is. You, t- you include the bigs out. Okay, take those centers out. Take the centers out, I think Steph's in there. Okay. Do you... Think that, and we've seen. I've seen this a little bit. I'll ask you your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Right now, you get to build a team. Would you take? You could choose one or the other: mm-hmm. Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. Who would you take? I'm taking Steph Curry, hundred percent. I am too. I think that I've, I've said it, and this season proved it to me. Yeah, Kevin Durant's the most overrated player in the history of the NBA. I wouldn't go that far. I. I don't know a player that I think that I have seen that personally thinks he's as good as he is who's just not that good. I just don't know. The thing for me is the thing, the thing with Steph is that, and we saw he did both well, last year in the bubble. When he had no clay, when he was injured, he still went there and dominated. Yeah. And he just went and he went back to back with KD. Should have won Finals MVP one year, I'd say. But now, KD leaves to go join Kyrie and James Harden. Uh-huh. Harden gets traded. Yeah. Kyrie has his little flat earth problem. Yeah. Steph Curry says, all right, cool. And wins another ring without Kevin Durant. Yeah. Now, I think, I mean, and I've heard people that have pushed back on that have said, well, it's been a couple of years since Durant's been gone. But I push back saying, I think Durant wouldn't have any rings without Steph Curry. I think if he stayed in OKC, they have at least three. I I don't think so, because I don't think that you can build the team around Kevin Durant. We've seen it already. I think, you take him, I think Kevin Durant thinks he's LeBron James. Yes, he does. He absolutely does. And he's nowhere near that talent. And here's why. Here's what I'll say about it. 
if you take back in the eighties, we used to argue Magic Bird and Jordan. Yep. Before Jordan had won six rings, you'd say, God, Jordan's the most athletic. You can just see it. Yeah. And you go, Well, man, Magic's got more rings than Bird. Mm-hmm. But what you saw with Larry Bird and what you saw with Magic Johnson, they made every player around them a better player. They did. Steph Curry makes every player around him a better player. Don't believe me. Look at what Draymond Green did in Game 6. Yeah, true that. Because he was awful Games 1 through 5. Yeah, he was. Steph got him involved in Game 6 a little more, mm-hmm. and they said, hey, we're going to get you open. Yeah. Because the Celtics weren't respecting him offensively all, for the first five no, games. No, they weren't. But – my argument is players are better around Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. They're better around LeBron James. Yes. They're not better around Kevin Durant. No. And they never have been. No. When Durant was in OKC with Westbrook and Harden, they were both better when he wasn't there. Yes. Harden was better in Houston. Westbrook was better in OKC for Durant left. Yep. I... That's my argument on why I think Kevin Durant's the most overrated player. I just I, I think oh. he's an incredible shooter. He can get you a bucket when yep. you need it. Absolutely. But he can't <clears throat> win. No. And he thinks he's LeBron. Yes. And LeBron to me is the second best guy other than Jordan now. Yeah. I, I might argue he's third if you want to include magic in there. Ooh. I just, Magic to me, I think LeBron and Magic are more comparable than LeBron and, and, Jordan. and, and Jordan. Just yeah. in their way they're getting, they play the game. Yeah. Um, but I just, I agree with you. I think Steph's moved his way up. Yes. I think he's bolted past Kevin Durant. I, I think Steph's, if you include the search, I think Steph's top 12, top 13. Okay. I'm just curious your thoughts on that. So it's been a big thing of talk on the. The sports talks, the first takes, and all those yeah. things this weekend. Yeah. People oh, like to God. overreact when someone wins. Yeah. But I think this was a big deal for Steph Curry to Absolutely. win it, to win the title, to win the MVP of yep. the, of it uh, as well, be the finals MVP, because it allowed him to kind of get out of any shadow. Yep. And honestly, I didn't feel like it was anyone's shadow. I felt like his play made Durant better. Yes. Reason. It did, yes. So, and, and, and we've seen it. Yeah. We saw him play in person. Yeah. So I got a question. We'll look at the draft for a minute. Okay. Who is the player you think makes a difference for a team? Um, so I was, I was watching Sports Center earlier today. I was first take earlier today. And they reminded me of a name. I don't know what they have on mock drafts. But Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. Okay. I don't know where they have him in the mock drafts at. I, he's a point guard right now. If you need someone to – if you say – Let's say you're the Mavericks, and you need that point guard that can take pressure off Luka. Ty Ty Washington, guy. So this is the guy who's a point guard who could go to who's going to fall to late in the first round and be a yes. Going to go to one of the better teams. Too. Yes. Okay. That's why I think yes. Yeah. What we're looking at is got him going 26 to the Rockets. See, I don't like that fit. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying though. Yeah. And I think a good point guard, a couple of these teams need someone who can facilitate. I think you brought up a good point about Dallas. Yep, Dallas needs one because Luka needs help. Yeah. Luka needs help. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll obviously, we'll get back on. We'll be back, you and I, on Monday. Yep. And we'll talk a little bit about that, as, about yep. the, what happened in the draft then. Yep. So when you hear this, the draft will have happened. Yep. We'll see how Peyton's predictions go and move from there. 
Last thing we're going to talk about for a couple minutes here is we're going to do a little bit. If you were listening to Monday's pod, I did my take on AEW, The Forbidden Door, and all the stuff that's happened with Vince McMahon and WWE. We did an all-wrestling one on Monday. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Vince McMahon stuff. He did come out on Monday Night Raw. He kind of did the same thing he did on SmackDown, but we're not even going to talk about WWE. So set it aside for now. We're going to do a quick little preview of Forbidden Door. Now, I've already talked about the matches we knew about when we recorded before. Now, since then, Wednesday night, they had the the Dynamite Dynamite show. what a Dynamite that was. we had some stuff happen. So, the big news is we've got got Okada. Okada showed up. And what we thought was going to be a three-way match. It's going to be a four-way. Yeah, with Jay White. Adam Cole and and Hangman Page. Yeah, we thought it was going to be Hangman, Adam Cole, and Jay White. Now we're going to throw Okada in the mix. Wow. Which is the one thing I'm excited about because I've never seen Okada wrestling person. And I haven't either. We we both thought Punk Okada. Yeah, now when we first thought about the Forbidden Door, Mm -hmm. and I said, let's go ahead and go to this to be your birthday present. Yep. We thought, well, we'll get Punk versus Okada, and we'll get probably Tanahashi against, against against Brian Danielson. Yes, yeah. And then we thought there might be some Will Ospreay stuff yeah. with, you know, we'll see some different things. Yeah. Punk well, gets hurt. Punk's injured. Danielson's out. Danielson's out. Then we hear Okada is out. Now he's in, thankfully. So, and, and it's like, oh my God, this thing's going to shit. All of a sudden, I got to deal with fucking Orange Cassidy. And no Kenny, no Kenny Omega. And, uh, and Kenny Omega, which is fine with me. Yeah, fine for I'm fine for no Kenny if Omega. If you want an AEW Forbidden Door with newspaper, you need Omega there. I, I I think he'll make an appearance. I think he will, too. So, uh, we're going to run down some of this. We're going to run from the, uh, we're going to run down the 10 matches we know. We know there'll be a couple of added ones. Yeah. But we've got, uh, first off, one of these Mix and match, fuck everybody, four on four kind of things. The New Japan Dojo, which is the DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex Coughlin, and Yuya Yumura versus the Gun Club, where we call them the Ass Boys. The Ass Boys, yeah. <laughs> Billy Colton and Austin Gunn yep. and Max Caster. I like Max I Caster. I love Max Caster. And I do think that the Gun Club kids, they're doing things the right way. They absolutely are. Their dad is obviously... I'll tell you what I like about them. Okay. When you watch them wrestle, they react to everything in the match. Just like their dad. Their dad has taught them very well. Yes, And they've done absolutely. a lot of training on their own with other people. Yeah. And they've done a really nice job. You watch them. They actually are... They react to what's going on in the arena. Yeah, they're believable. And, and I, I was thinking about this. I think a big reason... Or like WWE show we we always talk about it. Yep. You and I went to Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Yep. And at one point I yelled, "Get the fuck back in the <laughs> ring!" And people they got back in and the Jake ring. And Jake Hager threw him right back in the ring. Yeah. And you said, "Thank you." But we we saw them get out of the ring, and we see those things. Yep. And what I realized is they're not doing it for the they're doing what they can see on television. Yep. And what I like about the young guys in the Gun Club is that they are also aware of where the TV cameras are yep. and doing that the right way, but they are also aware of the crowd. Yep. Oh, they played the crowd very well. They realize when the camera's not on them and they don't just hide. No. I was watching something, it was um, it was during Dynamite. Yeah. 
it was one of those Wardlow things where he's beating up oh, like 20 yeah, fucking people, yeah. stupid shit like that. Yep. And literally, Pete, one of the guys, there's like a pile. There's like four of them. Okay. One of the guys is laying on top of the pile, and his head is up looking to see what's about to happen. And then Wardlow's going to powerbomb somebody on top of him so that he puts his head down to cushion the blow to get ready for the guy to land on top of him. Jesus. And I'm like, oh. Well, it ain't Do you people before. not realize we can see this? Yeah, right. Outlaw, much so bullshit. Yep. So that's the pre-match. That's you got Brian the Gun Cal- Club and, and the Max Cast. I like Max Cast. I do it too. God, he's killing the mic. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance on Jim Cornette's podcast, he is now doing the raps of the Matt Cast. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's funny. I bet. The next one. This is going to be a, uh, beer, a beer break for me. Oh, no. This is going to be the Bullet Club, which is going to be the Young Bucks with... El Fantismo and Hikuleo against, this shit's right out of WCW 1993, (laughs) Dudes with Attitudes, Sting, Darby Allin, and then the New Japan guys of Himuru Takahashi and Shingo Takagi. Oh, Jesus. I am paying to go to this, and they're going to put a 62-year-old Sting out there. Yup. He can go still. By the second match, you might have to hold me back from running to the ring. Can we not do that? Because I want to just beat that. I have never been a fan of his. And you, and it's the Young Bucks, too. And the Young the young Bucks and Sting in the same match. I don't support gun control for that 20 minutes. I'd be all right with taking two or three weapons in the ring for Boy, let me have a no-disqualification match in there. Shoot all three of them sons of bitches. Uh <laughs> so that'll be a bathroom break for me. I'll grab a beer you. and get a hot dog and go yep. to the bathroom. Yep. You'll watch that. The young Bucks will do a bunch of flippity flop bullshit. So will Darby Allen. Yeah, and the Young Bucks will win that match, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You think so? They'll, they'll pin one of the new Japan guys? Sting. Yeah. Oh, Sting's not going. Oh, heck yeah. He Sting's is. not laying down for one of those. Darby guys. Allen won't. Uh, yeah, yeah, he will. Probably. Uh, then we got. I can't believe we didn't even say these names. All right, so I like Eddie Kingston. I know you do. I do we too. got Eddie Kingston teaming up with Shoto Umano oh, okay. and Wheeler Yuta. Which I love I'm, Wheeler I'm, Yuta. I'm, I'm coming around a little bit on Good. Wheeler Yuta. Finally. And he's going against, oh. I mean, we got a couple of grandpas here. Chris Jericho, <laughs> who, I mean, I don't know how he hasn't been called before the, right. the insurrection, the, 12, the, the, the January 6th committee yet. Yep. You know, his wife was there. Yep. Um, Minoru Suzuki, who is 309 years old. I'm convinced he is. No way he's not. And Sammy Guevara. So they had to get one guy who can go in there and work with him. Yep. Am I just taking the first hour off this show? Well, it seems like. All right. Cause, so this will be Jericho's side going to win that, right? You would think so, yeah. because, yeah. I mean, Jericho's not going to lose. But Jericho's not going to lose for a yeah. while. Yeah. So then we got... We know that Zack Sabre Jr., this was going to be Zack Sabre Jr. And Brian, Brian Daniels, Daniels, which would have torn the fucking house down. Now we're not going to get that. Brian Danielson's hurt. Yep. He did say on, on, on Dynamite that he's going to have a replacement who's going to out-wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. and then going to team up with Moxley and the guys yeah, for on Wednesday's Blood and Guts thing, which is a bunch of bullshit there, too. That's going to be some outlaw much, so bullshit, too. Two people we don't out. know who it's going to be. Now, no, and we won't know until the show begins. Now, we, we hear three rumors. 
Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, who's going to be in Chicago doing an autograph signing. Yeah, a uh, coincidence. He says that's a coincidence. Okay? I don't believe it. I do. I, I totally I, believe that's a coincidence. I don't. Cesaro. Cesaro, which I think would be a really good choice. That would be a great. Him and Sam would be phenomenal. And then Jonathan Gresham, the current Ring of Honor world champion. I would not mind Gresham. I think it's Gargano. See, I think it's going to be Cesaro. I got one wild card. Hmm. What about Samoa Joe? They would have announced Joe. They, they would have announced. They would have announced Samoa Joe. Joe. Okay, that's a good thought. I they, would, you're probably because right on that. Samoa Joe's too big of a name to just leave out of the show. Was well, Cesaro? I don't know. We did. They want the surprise. They want the surprise element of oh oh Gargano's in AEW now or Cesaro's in AEW. Yeah. Oh, Joe's already signed. Okay, that makes sense. I like your thinking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then we got the new. AEW All Atlantic Championship. Well, let's pick winner real quick. Okay. Zack Sabre Jr. versus the, the surprise person. I'm gonna go whoever the surprise person is. Go whoever the surprise person. Is. Whoever the surprise person is gonna win. Okay, I'll, I'll go with you on that. For for just for momentum for button guns. Yeah. All right. So then we got the new All Atlantic Championship. They got the four way because we got to book fucking four ways in this thing. <laughs> I know. Like crazy. Right. We got to get everybody we can on this paper. Yes. Tony Khan. And his Adderall addiction is going to make this a nine-hour goddamn show. We have 11 matches, yeah. Tak versus Miro versus Malachi Black versus a representative from New Japan, which we now know is Tomohiro Ishii, That's which is my one of my two favorite dudes from yes. New Japan. This the Stone Pitbull. Yep. This is going to be a shit show of a match. Because it's, well, it's going to be spot fest happy. See, now, I don't like Malachi Black. See, I do to an extent. See, I don't like him at all. I know you don't. And I, don't I don't like any of that stuff they're doing. The House of Black. I don't. The House of Black was better on WWE when it was Edge and his group. It's still better. So, and Miro, I there's your winner. I so think I think Miro wins. wins it too. Yeah, but I, Miro cracks me up on this because it's now he's trying to fight God. Yes. First he was serving God. Now he's trying to fight God. Yeah, because God left him out too long for the... Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't know either, but you know what? Pac, who I think is just way underrated. Oh, absolutely. And then we have Ishii, who's the, the kind of the flavor in there that just beats some... We're going to have a couple of those big hard hit spots. Which him and Miro, yes. Yeah. It's so, going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. Then we've got this bullshit tag title this the winner take all. Okay, so we got winner take all. We've got the IWGP champ, which is Jeff Cobb and, and Great O'Con. That's a coincidence. And what are they called together? I don't know if they're called. I don't, I don't know. Are they in Allspray's group? No, they're in the other group. They're I don't know. And you got Rapongi Vice, who's just Trent Moretta and, and, and Rocky Romero. And Rocky Romero. So these are two guys who were the best friends. Yes. And but when they get together, the two of them, yes. they're Rapongi Vice. Because oh, because of they were that in Japan. In Japan, yes. So so fuck these guys first off. Because anybody that's <laughs> involved with the best friends, fuck them. After a whole gimmick, those guys should have wrecked in the fucking minivan when they did that backstage bullshit. <laughs> so those guys don't belong anywhere near this match. <laughs> yeah. They should have put that Australian tag team in there instead. I don't. The guys with Will Osprey. I that'd be awesome. And then they're going to go against FTR, the best tag team in the world. I think FTR wins this. Now, I think FTR is going to win, too. Yeah. 
FTR is the current Ring of Honor champions. Then, then you then they become the IWGP champions which, as well. Which means one more thing. They had their AAA belts. Yeah, they're going to get it to where hey, these guys Bucks. are going to face the Young Bucks. And they're going to beat the Young Bucks. Please. Yeah. You so, know. I just would have had the Rapongi Vice out of there and put the Young Bucks in there. I would too. We're going to take everything. Yeah. Match. But if they do this and FTR wins this but then loses to the Young Bucks, I'm be pissed. That's going to be Austin's the Young Bucks should just going to die in hell. Right yes, now. I agree. Alright, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's I title. I think Thunder Rosa wins it by a hook of chicanery. Yeah, alright. I, I think we finally get the heel turn we're waiting for. Okay, now we got the three main matches. We got the Oh, God. IWGP United States title, Will Ospreay, who I think is a fantastic person. He's probably the best wrestler in the world right now. I and would say. he is going to face <laughs> my little dog pockets, Orange Cassidy. This is an insult to Will Ospreay. In a way, yes. But in a way, no. I mean, no. People hear that. It's like, I know you despise Orange Cassidy. I know you do. He's not too bad in the ring. He's just a fucking acrobat. I don't want Osprey needs an acrobat. Then, then this is no. He's an acrobat. He's not even a wrestler. He's just an acrobat, and he's just a guy. His whole gimmick is putting his fucking hands in his pocket. Yeah. He hasn't evolved at all as a gimmick. He's over his shit. <laughs> no, I watched last night, and he's not over the way they think that he is. No, 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 no. You watch. He's going to get booed the fuck out of that building. Man. I mean, it is Chicago. That would surprise me. Fuck him. I'm not sure. Will Ospreay's going to kick his ass. I hope he does. Come on, Will. I hope that Orange Cassidy leaves with a broken leg, a broken <laughs> neck. Fuck him. Damn. Then we get the two reasons to be here. Yep. We get the interim AEW title because CM Punk is hurt. And Tony Khan doesn't want to take the belt off. And he's not going to take the belt off him. So the winner of this match becomes the interim champion. Kind of UFC style. Yes. And then we'll face CM Punk later. And we all know it's going to be John Moxley. John Moxley was Hiro, Hiroshi Tanahashi. The, they call him the ace. Yep. You know, he's the he's the probably to me the second biggest name. Behind Okada. Behind Okada yeah. in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. And, and there should be a good match. That was going to be. And Any John you, Moxley match that just stays in the ring until the story is phenomenal. Yes. John Moxley's good when he stays in, in the, the ring. The ring yeah. When he gets out there and wants to do all this, you yeah, know, hit you with tables and chairs. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's like, not good wrestling. Like, Mox can tell a story in the ring. We saw with Kyle Riley. They yeah. went a little bit outside the ring, but other than that, they told a story. You get in the, get in the uh, stay in the ring. Keep yes. the story going. Uh, I think Moxley wins, too. So I think Moxley. Moxley versus CM Punk match down the road. That's when Punk turns heel. You, you, need, so? you need a heel CM Punk. Oh. And uh, maybe at some point. Yeah. Then you have the four-way match. So this was oh, going God. to be... Now, originally, this was going to be Okada versus Page. Yes. For the IWGP Championship. About two weeks ago... About two weeks ago... Okada wasn't going to be on the card, so they had him drop the belt to Jay, Jay White. White. Yep. Jay White is now the champion. He was going to face Hangman Page... But the wee little guy, Adam <laughs> Cole, has to get involved. I don't, I, I, I love Adam Cole in WWE. I know you do. He's awful in AEW. It, it's getting a little stale to me. A little? Uh, for me, a little bit. He's awful. I watch Adam Cole in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor Adam Cole is phenomenal. 
He was great in, in, in they NXT. They were great in NXT. I see now why Vince McMahon wanted to make him a manager. Talk. That's all he can do. He can go in the ring. And, and, and I see now, I'll tell you why Vince McMahon, when they were looking at him, saying they wanted to bring him up, and they wanted to put him as a manager for Keith Lee, I see why now. And they ruined Because Keith. he's a wee little guy. He's like 105 pounds. His girlfriend's bigger than him. Yeah, that's Dr. true. Dr. Brett Baker. She's taller than him and bigger than him. That's true. Yeah. And she's not a big girl. No, she's not. But so we got Jay White, Hangman Adam Page, Adam Cole, and now they surprised us. And Okada, Okada is going to be here now. He was on Dynamite and going to be... The pop he got was yeah. nuts. And so we're going to have a four-way match for the IWGP Championship. And I'll make the prediction now. I think Jay White wins. I think Okada's going to his belt back. I think they had him drop the belt because I think that... So the reasoning... You, you had told me this. I looked yeah. it up and saw you were right. Okay. Okada's wife was due to have a baby. Yes. And they were worried that he was going to be in America and away from his wife. Yep. They've got past something. I don't know if he already had the baby or something happened. We don't know no. yet. We don't know yet. But he's here now. I think, I think he only dropped the belt so they could... Get the match in the ring for the title at this pay per view. I don't think so. I think they give it back to him here. I think Jay White wins it. Yeah. And, and if it is, is this the match where Omega come, Omega comes out? I think he comes out at the end either way. I don't think. I think if this is the main event, if the main event's the IWGP Heavyweight Title match, that's when we see Omega. Well, I can see Omega there. I can also see Omega come out at the end of the Moxley Tanahashi match I'm going to because he's got passed with both guys. I will be. I am sick and tired of John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Sick see, and tired. You can have Tanahashi win the match he, and Omega come out. Tanahashi ain't staying in America. Yeah, but you could do it and have him stay for a month. I know you Mox- could. Yeah, Omega at the next pay per view. I know you could, but I don't know. It's just. It really comes down to that match, how long CM Punk is out for. And yes. no one knows. And we, and we don't know. Yeah. It could be three or four right. months. It could be longer. So let's, let's put a bow around it. What we're going to do is we're going to chat again now. So Sunday night after the, the pay-per-view, yep. we're going to go back to our hotel. We're going to pull the mic out. And we're going to record our oh, God, review of what happened. Oh, crap. Hopefully crap. I'm not in the custody of CPD at the time. <laughs> um. And we'll talk about that for Monday's podcast. Yep. So, P Money. Yep. It's been fun. We've had you here about 30 minutes now. You've done a great job on the NBA. We're going to have you back. You're our new NBA expert. Yes, let's go. I love it. We, you you really know your stuff. And so, gotcha. we're going to bring you in to talk NBA. Cool. We're going to bring you in to talk a little bit of AW here and there. But uh, we'll have you back on soon. We'll see you, obviously, on Monday's podcast. Yep. And uh, I'll be right back with Uncle Rico. And we will get this thing moving. So thanks for joining us, and I'll chat with you soon. Hey, welcome back. We're going to uh, close it up here for the pod for this week. I want to say thanks again to Ricardo Gerbellini, my main man, Uncle Rico, for coming in, talking sports, talking a little uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, just everything. You know, he and I get on tangents, and we have a good time. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I want to send a special shout-out to my son, Peyton O'Connor, P. Money, for coming in. I thought he did a fantastic job. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, P. Money's premiere on the podcast. He will be back in for the full episode on Monday as well. 
when we do episode 44. We're going to talk about, do a follow-up from the NBA draft. We're going to do um, a little talk about AEW as we're going to the pay-per-view. Kind of our weekend in Chicago, a little boys weekend. We're going to see how that goes. And so I want to thank him for coming in. I'm looking forward to Monday as well. So hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, I want to thank, thank the Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Hey, if you get a chance, we really would appreciate it if you can rate us and review us. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get this podcast, we appreciate, I especially appreciate every five-star review. Don't forget to check out Gold Belly. Uh, we're going to have the, uh, you get $25 off your first dollar order. The link will still be in the show notes. And then if you've got financial questions, uh, feel free to check us out at oagks.com. Hit the contact us. You're going to go straight to me. I'd love to be able to help you. So until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.